Alrighty, welcome to the My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life using music to plot a course from their early years to how they got to where they are now. How you doing? Hey, how old are you doing? Good? Hopefully you're doing alright. Episode 57 here. Um, look, if you're, if you're a first time listener, again, welcome. Hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do, go back check out some other stuff. Um, there's a whole bunch of it. There's at least 56 other episodes that are lay ahead of you to check out plus a bunch of other cool shit and you know if it's your 50 something time power to you welcome back really appreciate it hope you're doing well that's the first thing i just want to get off the bat because you know there's a lot of not going well on at the moment so that's that's never fun that's never posy today i've got a good friend with me to have to have a chat tully mansfield now i'm going to put it out there right now i completely fuck up in this podcast I try to flex my Rage Against Machine muscle, which is usually fucking on point. But this week, I just, you know, I just got caught up in the moment and then completely fucked up. And I've said it all along, so I'm sure you've heard me say it before. I'm really, really bad with song names, but I really balls up with this one. So, you know, look out for that. That's a lot of fun. And in the true spirit of, uh, you know, truth in journalism and not trying to skew the, uh, skew the, you know, create the, create an incorrect narrative. I left the fuck up in there, so hopefully you enjoy that. You can let me know that you enjoyed that, if you did. Today's podcast, every podcast brought to you by uh, Gringo Bandito. World's greatest hot sauce. What are you going to do? You gonna you going to dispute me? I doubt it. Uh, if you're in North America, you can get it from Amazon or direct from their website, uh, gringobandito.com. And if you're in Australia, you can go to blastoffimports.com. Uh, you can find it there. You can find it on eBay, as interesting as that might sound. Also brought to you today, well, not brought to you, my Age Podcast, part of the Podbelly Network. How are you holding with that? Um, if you're interested in doing yourself a podcast and you're not sure kind of how to get it out of, I guess, you know, out of your brain, through your mouth, into a microphone, and then to the masses, um, go to Podbelly Network. There's a whole bunch of instructional stuff there on how to kind of, you know, best practices for interfaces and mics and hosting and all that kind of shit. And there's also a bunch of really cool podcasts, mine being one of them, the My Age Podcast being one of them. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? Also, podcast today is brought to you by Mask Jeeves, M-A-S-K-J-E-V-E-S. Um, you can go there for all your mask needs. So, like, you know, unfortunately, at the time of this, um, Melbourne is still in quarantine and they're not going to be out for at least, you know, another week. Well, so I think at least another two weeks. So if you're that way inclined to, you know, don a mask, uh, which is definitely highly recommended, you can go to maskjeeves.com. Um, there's some really, really cool designs. They're doing some Halloween designs, which are fantastic. Um, 20 bucks a pop, three for 50, postage paid. Hey, fucking hold on. That's fantastic. Before we go into the episode, Tully's new band, which we discuss, uh, is called Histamine. They've got a new 7-inch out on Last Ride Records. You can check that out at lastriderecords.bigcartel.com. Um, you can check it on all the streaming platforms. The 7-inch, which uh, the blue one sold out, um, the black one is still available at the time of recording this, but who knows these days, shit goes quick. It's like 14 bucks postage paid. You fucking, that's just wild. Um, so go there, check that out, grab a copy, grab a shirt, do the damn thing. Um, if you're interested in, you know, chucking a follow, if you like what you hear, because we're going to play a song coming up in a second, uh, you can check them out on the socials at histamine underscore a dot d dot d. Um, and the song we're going to go with is a song called Destroyer. Cool. Fucking enjoy it. Tully Mansfield, what's happening? Cool.
Alrighty, welcome to the My Age Podcast. With me on the with via face chat, um, a long time friend and a podcast that's been in the works for about eleven months now. I'm going to hazard a guess to say, I've got my man Tully Mansfield. How you doing, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Very good, very well, thank you. It ha- it has. I I I looked. We were talking about this before that yeah, it's been it's been nearly a year in the works, I think. But I, I looked yep. the the email that you sent me originally was in January of this year, so oh right, at, okay. at least at least nine months uh, officially. Yep. But we we got there in the end. We, it's been we a, do. It's been a weird year. <laughs> it has it has been, and like it's kind of worked out perfect because as I'm sure we'll get into later, you've got by the time this comes out, you'll have a seven inch that will be available from your yes. band histamine. So yeah, which is exciting. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we, we, I guess we can yeah do that do that later. But yeah, we, we yeah. lined it up. We lined it up perfectly in the end. It was all exactly Indeed. as it needed to be. As it as it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you know how these go. Let's talk yeah. about the early years. Let's talk about your parents. Yeah, I mean, I guess how far back do, do I go? I was born in. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. I mean, without going too 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 far back, but like, I mean, should I go back to a bit about my parents and their? Yeah, yeah. Tell or? like, are they like were they Australian? Like, were they born here? Yeah, Did they immigrate here. What's their kind of? What was yeah, their vibe? Both both born here. I've got a a, a very interesting uh, ethnic background of English and English. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, very 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 mixed bag there. But um, yep. yeah, no. So yeah, mum and dad both grew up in Sydney. Yep. Uh, so like Northern Beaches. Um, okay. So my like dad always used to talk about they grew up at um they lived in a house on on Bungan Beach, like like on the beach, like their backyard was on the beach. But it was when it was when the northern you know the the northern beaches were no one gave a shit, right? Like, just like fishing shacks or whatever. It was just it was just it was just like yeah, it was like that they, they you know his parents built a you know got a house there because it was all they could afford. Um, and so they grew up literally <laughs> backed onto the beach and like, you know, now that house, well, I don't know. I don't think the original house is there anymore, but you know, that bit of land's probably worth, I don't know. A couple of square in. Millions, millions yeah. of dollars, you know. What but, beach uh, was it? Bungan Beach. Which is? So it's like, uh, up near, um, uh, like, like other side of Pittwater kind of that, okay. that, yep. that part of, that part of the, the Northern Beaches area. So, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, Dad always just you know talked about kind of just growing up, you know, surfing and doing all that beach stuff. But yeah, it's um, it's pretty funny thinking about you know yeah like that was just what they could afford, and you know they they probably sold it for nothing as well whenever they yeah. whenever they moved from there. But yeah, now it's like you know some of the 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 ritziest real estate in Sydney. But um yeah yeah so mum and dad grew up uh yeah both both grew up in that kind of area. Um, I think they knew each other for a few years before they kind of got together and that sort of stuff. But yeah, like, uh, I think dad ended up moving, you know, up the coast at one point. Like, so my grandparents moved up to near Foster. So okay. moved up there for a while, then ended up, you know, back, back down in Sydney and, and that's sort of where they ended up getting together. And then, um, I guess before, yeah, before I was born or before any kids came along, they, got out of there and, and moved up to the mid North coast. Okay. Um, so like near Coffs Harbour, yep. um, I was a bit South of Coffs Harbour and that's kind of, yeah, that's where I did all my, all my growing up, I guess. So. Oh, there you go. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice, so nice, nice part of the world. Were they musical? Um, 
like to a degree, like dad, dad played guitar a little bit. Um, yep. you know, there was always a guitar in the house, you know, I don't, he, I don't think he would, uh, proclaim himself to be anything more than a, you know, pick it up, have a, you know, play some, play some basic chord shapes and, and sing along to a, a the yep. odd song. But, um, he, yeah, you know, like there was always, it was definitely always music playing at home. Yeah. Like there was, that was always you know, a big thing from a, a very, very, very early age, um, which was, you know, I suppose, who would have thought, uh, probably a, a little formative to uh, yeah <laughs> to, yep. to to my life. But um, so you one of you're one of how many kids? So three kids. So I've got two younger brothers. Okay. Yep. You're right. Um. So one's three years younger, and one's seven years younger. So, okay. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So. You know, I kind of grew up around there. We sort of lived, you know, ended up um, by the time I was about, I guess it was like just as I'd started school, we moved into a house that uh, mum and dad actually built themselves, which is pretty okay. cool. Yeah. Uh, so dad was sort of a, a handyman builder, you know, odd jobs, whatever kind of, you know, that was his, that was his income sort of at that point. So yep. yeah, he sort of had the kind of the skills there and they basically built this, you know, really nice sort of slab timber house with river rock walls and, you know, in the country, it was, it was really, yeah, it was, it was a, it was kind of nice growing up. Yeah. I yeah. Guess in, in the country just gives, you know, I've, I've always sort of said that, you know, as much as I love living in the city, like, you know, if, and when, um, you know, the time's I, right. I, I, have, I ever have kids, yeah. I would, I would definitely want to, you know, move back to the country and, you know, raise kids in the country because I just think it was—I don't know—it was a wholesome upbringing, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I can Im- I can only imagine coming from the burbs. I can only imagine. So, yeah. what kind of music was kind of kicking around? What you, were your mum and dad like? Were they into listening? To, like you said, there was music around the house. Like, yeah, what, what can you remember, or what were they into? Uh, I guess like a lot of the, you know, so my parents are both. You know, my mum just turned sixty. Dad's 62, 63. Um, so, you know, they were kind of both teenagers in the seventies. Um, you know, the, the, the big one that, that sort of always comes to mind, you know, for me will be Bob, would be Bob Dylan. Okay. Like that's, you know, I think if you're, you know, but like, you know, there was lots of stuff, you know, the, the Beatles, you know, Fleetwood Mac, all, all sorts of, you know, great kind of, cl- I guess, classic stuff. Um, thankfully, you know, not a lot of. Uh, super cheesy, embarrassing kind of. I, you know, I, I, you talk to some people and I'm like, oh, my parents liked, the, you know, like the worst kind of, you know, pop music, you know, like, you know, really horrible twee pop music from the 70s and stuff like that, where, that yeah, I guess, well. yeah, I guess, you know, it's, you know, yeah, dad wasn't listening to, uh, I don't know, you know, Neil Diamond and things like that. It was, yep, you know, yep. he, it was, it was certainly, you know, a bit of the, uh, a bit more of the, the counterculture stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, which was cool. And it was, I guess growing up, you know, yeah, as I said, like Bob Dylan um, was definitely like, you know, if you, if you press my dad and said, you know, favorite artist of all time, like I don't even think he would hesitate in saying Bob Dylan, like just he's, he was always a, a huge, huge fan of him. And so that's kind of very much been instilled in me. I think from yeah. a young age, the appreciation for, for his songwriting and his, you know, I guess the, the poetry of uh, yeah. of his music and his and his lyrics and, and lyrics, that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, you know, I used to dad always would get 
<laughs> get really like worked up at you know the idea, you know the old thing. Oh, Bob Dylan, oh you know writes a good song, but he can't sing, you know. And Dad hates hates when people say that. Hates it. Absolutely hates it. Would you say to him to roll him up or like others? No, I wouldn't because I was. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd drunk the Kool Aid, you know, from a pretty yeah, young from age. From a young so age, like, yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, Bob Dylan. You know, you, you listen. He's hitting, he's hitting all the notes. He's hitting all the notes. He's just yep. got a he's just got a rough sounding voice, but he's he's yeah. hitting all the notes. And you can hum along <laughs> to the melody. So like, whatever. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's that's singing, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty incredible songwriter. Yeah. Um, even just like you know the amount of. The amount of songs that are Bob Dylan songs that in the popular, you know, zeitgeist people don't even realise are Bob Dylan songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, got to be one of the most covered yeah. artists ever. Yep, yep. Um, Undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I guess that, uh, if we're not jumping into uh, into the music, no, no, go for it. that probably leads into my first track, which uh, which I did pick was a, a Bob Dylan song. Um, so it's the track, Don't Think Twice It's All Right. Okay. If you know that. So it's No, I'm looking forward to it. It's um I don't know. It always there was I mean there's a bunch like you know dad loved like you know the hurricane like that's a pretty amazing seminal song and stuff like yeah. that but I You always, couldn't write that kind of song these I always or not always. Whenever I hear that song, yeah. I think to myself you well you couldn't write that song being a popular artist. Like no, so, like, like no, and an, an eight the minute, an eight minute yeah. political storytelling. No, yeah. God no. Like, and, and it's not like it really does anything. Like, it's just it's a storytelling mm. set to a core, a really simple chord progression. Yeah, it's got like yeah. it, that song's got like six verses. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it actually like I'd have to go back and listen, but it does. It's got like it's got like five or six verses. It's just yeah, uh, it's fucking wild. Yeah, it's pretty good. But um, so yeah, stuff like that. But I don't know. Uh, I guess don't think twice. It's all right. Is one that always I don't know. I always liked. It's like it's early, early Dylan. I think it's on like his first or second record, and it's you know it's just one. It's just him and a guitar. Uh, it's a really beautiful kind of finger picking guitar melody. Um, I'll take. I'll take it. This is still acoustic. His acoustic ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think this is one or two albums before the. You know, going electric. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, you might have to fact check me on that, but. Uh, yeah, it's just like, re- but like, yeah, really beautiful guitar playing. Like, I think a lot of, a lot of Bob Dylan stuff is very kind of just chords, you know, and he leans heavily on, like a harmonica for for yep. you know additional melody and stuff, but. Don't think twice. It's all right. It's it, yeah. I think it's it's just guitar and it's like it's yeah really beautiful finger picking guitar melody and it's just a really pretty song, I yeah, guess. Cool. Um, awesome. So yeah, that's uh, that's track number one. Well, it ain't no use sitting wonder why, baby. Even you don't know by now And it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, baby It'll never do somehow When your rooster crows at the break of dawn Look out your window and I'll be gone You're the reason I'm traveling on But don't think twice, it's all right 
Ain't it ain't no use in the turning on your light, baby The light I never knowed Ain't it ain't no use in turning on your light, baby I'm on the dark side of the road But I wish there was something you would do or say To try and make me change my mind and stay But we never did too much talking anyway But don't think twice, it's all right So it ain't no use in calling out my name, gal Like you never done before And it ain't no use in calling out my name, gal I can't hear you anymore I'm a-thinking and a-wondering Walking down the road I once loved a woman A child, I am told I give her my heart But she wanted my soul But don't think twice, it's all right So long, honey, baby Where I'm bound, I can't tell Goodbye is too good a word, baby So I just say, fairly well I ain't saying you treated me unkind You could have done better, but I don't mind You just kind of wasted my precious time Don't think twice, it's all right What about your mum? Was she into music as heavily as your dad or kind of it was more just a thing kicking around for her? No, no, no. Like they were both, um, both big, both were and are, you know, yep. really, really, yeah, big, big music fans. I guess, yeah, I mean, the the stuff that, you know, dad, dad probably used to talk about it a bit more and get a bit more excited about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like there was, as I said, there was just always, there was always music on in the house. It yeah, was cool. if, you know, if it wasn't, you know, of a, you know, of an evening and we're, you know, we're watching TV or something like there'd be music on while we're eating dinner. There'd be music on on a Saturday yep. morning whilst, you know, mum's, you know, cleaning the house or whatever. There was just always music on. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Which is, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's really nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Sick. So, okay. So mo- getting a bit older, do you have a pivotal moment where you remember kind of I guess, you know, music being more than just the, you know, the Cherry Ripe commercial or the the TV theme or whatever. Like, do you remember something where you were, like, where you looked at something and went, these people are actually doing it. It's it's a living for them. It's not just, you know, it's not just sound. It's like people are actually putting effort to doing this or? Yeah, I, I guess it, 
it's it probably sort of evolved slowly. Like I, this is where I get hazy on on timelines of exactly yeah. how old I was and exactly exactly where things came. But like I remember, like uh, a, a like a real pivotal thing for me was like getting my first CD player. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah so absolutely. It was, and it was and it was you know a little kind of little boombox style one, very nineties. Uh, yeah, you know, and it had the the CD player on one side and it had the tape deck on the yep. other side on the top of it. Uh, and so that kind of opened up this world of like, oh, like I can, I can get a CD and I can tape music or I can, I remember being, I mean, like, I think Triple J was, was probably, you know, as I would say, you know, a, a lot of people in, you know, yours and my kind of age group. Demographic, J, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Triple J was, was pretty important at the time, like discovering that and. Especially, going, oh, you know. especially considering you were considered rural Ooh. like yeah and you wouldn't have had you you know you probably wouldn't have had triple m or the the rock station or whatever like you know no triple i J- don't yeah i don't re- ever remember triple m being a thing but i feel like yeah like I, and I don't even know where i sort of got onto triple j i guess it was probably through like uh, you know a friend at school you know it was probably yep. you know as i was getting into like grade four grade five that kind of music started to be like oh you know, this is this, there's this, there's music that's for someone my age. It's not just yeah. kind of, oh, see, look, look, look at that. See that reference <laughs> to the podcast? <laughs> I, do, I love rolled, it. I love it. Rolled right off the tongue. Um, yep. uh, yeah, like kind of just discovering stuff that was, I don't know. Yeah, it felt like it wasn't written for my parents. Yep. It felt it like sense. it was, if not written for me, at least written for someone who was, you know, a, a teenager or, or, or something at that point and going, oh, yep. okay, there's this whole other world. So, yeah, I guess I probably got into, you know, listening to Triple J and, you know, through a friend. And from there, you know, yeah, I used to always, you know, you'd like tape songs off the radio and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, Triple J Hottest 100 was always yeah. a big thing. And, I, you know, Huge, I, I yeah. distinctly remember having like a tape of, I don't, I don't have to look back what year it was, like one of the late 90s years. Oh, it was, it would have been whatever year Rage Against the Machines Battle of Los Angeles record came out. Because I remember, I would, have, I remember. I would have thought that was about 2001, 2000, 2001. Yeah, or maybe it was 99, yeah. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Like I remember. Yeah. I remember, you know, so at that point I was still taping stuff. Like, so like, cause I remember having a tape that had like, had that on it and it had, I mean, there was a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, I think, uh, Around the World, is it? Um, that's a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, is it? Yeah, yeah it is indeed. Don't, don't yeah. pretend like you don't know. No, I'm true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. So Battle of Los Angeles come out in 99, yeah. Okay, there you go. So it would have been that year because yeah. I remember it had yeah, it had it had you know probably had Gorilla Radio. It had that Red Hot Chili Peppers song on yep. this tape, uh, and there was like I think it was a Body Jar song on there as well. Okay, um, maybe like not the same or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, like taping stuff was a big thing. So like I mean, going back a little, you know, probably a, a few years prior to that, like I remember stuff like you know family friends coming around and you know they had a son about my age and he like he brought some CDs with him and he brought um uh friends of rom meet the family good 
So that was uh that was a pretty, you know, like I'd heard a little bit of, you know, probably at that point, you know, punk stuff that I'd heard was like, you know, maybe a little bit of Blink-182 and stuff that was kind of, you know, in movies and things like that. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I remember getting Meet the Family and, and taping that whole, that whole record and listening to that a lot. Uh, and then, and I think he had also then one of the, it was maybe one of the Fat Wreck compilation albums. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you which one. What um, was on the cover? I can probably I can oh, tell you. I don't know. I can tell you uh, the, the only song, I only remember taping a few songs off it. Yep. Because um, not a lot of it kind of grabbed me right away, but it it had one of, so I'm not a big NoFX fan, and I know you are. Yep. You, yes, <laughs> I am. Noted NoFX fan. I, yep. I'm not, I don't know, it's sort of a band that missed me a little bit, but um, one of my favorite NoFX songs is called uh, We Threw Gasoline on the Fire and Now We Have Stumps for oh, yeah, and yeah. Eyebrows. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I couldn't tell you what album that was on, even if, it, was it on an album? I don't know. No idea. I think I think it was just a comp song. Okay. And I have a feeling I'm just googling this now. You're gonna- <laughs> we, because I think it's on a epitaph. I comp. expect you to have perfect fat wreck knowledge off the top of your head. You've let me down here. No, no, I have a feeling it's on the I have a feeling it's on Epitaph Comp. Yeah, Punkarama three. That's a Punkarama. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yes. Yes. And it's I a th- fucking cracking song. Anyway, it is I'm, a really I'm good song. I'm completely biased, but it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's a very good song. It's a very good song. But yeah, like, so that's one that, that kind of like sticks in my brain. And it's, yeah, there's only, there's only probably half, half a dozen NoFX songs that I particularly know or care about, but that's, that's right. That's, I'll make you a playlist. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make you a Spotify I'll, playlist. I'll, I'll, be sh- I'll be sure to tell you I listen to it. <laughs> good. <laughs> Um, so I remember, yeah, stuff like that, um, kind of coming to me by accident and sort of, you know, yeah, like, like really like going, oh, wow. Like, you know, you know, I hadn't heard stuff that was kind of that fast or, you know, to me at at that point at, you know, the age of 10 or 11 or however old I was, you know, that was like very aggressive, very intense music. Um, so that kind of, you know, I guess blew my tiny mind a little bit. Yes, uh, but um, then uh, a little genre called new metal. Uh, oh, hello! <laughs> came around. Yes, which, in a big uh, way. <laughs> which sort of grossly waylaid me for a few years. I mean, it's like I mean, you know, growing up in a not a tiny town, but a smallish town. I don't, and I didn't have any older siblings, so I was kind of reliant on. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah, you know, the the common theme is. Older brother, oh, I shouldn't, sorry. The common theme is older sibling. Yeah. Passing down their musical knowledge like a like yeah. a sacred fucking, like a rite of passage kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're the older sibling, how does that fall into place? Like, did you have mates who had cooler older siblings or like how exactly. did, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly that. And so that's kind of, it must have been that. Like, you know, yeah, like friends. Yeah, I definitely had a couple of friends who had like, you know, older brothers or whatever. And, you know, yeah, it must have been like around, yeah, like year four or year five or something like that. And, you know, I don't know what probably the first the first band of that kind of ilk that that someone showed me was. Maybe it was Korn. Maybe, it, you know, like 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 the first Korn album. Um, yep. But definitely one of the 
very early ones that I sort of got onto that really kind of resonated with me was was Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Um, like, a, you know, yeah, I was thinking about sort of songs for for this podcast and I like, I sort of was like, actually, wow, like that really was a very, very important band for me as, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, formative years. Me too, um, yeah. And, and just like, I mean, just wanting to pick up a guitar. Okay. After listening to that yeah. band, like, I, you know, I, I will uh, happily go on record and say, like, hearing that first Rage Against the Machine record and, you know, hearing Tom Morello play guitar and just going, holy shit. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what is this? Uh, and kind of having that, it's a they're a weird band because it's a weird mix of like quite simple big riffs. Yeah, and, very simple. And then batshit weird shit. And then on that first record, a whole bunch of just totally wild, like loose, like vaguely jazz influenced shredding and stuff as well. Like it's yeah. <laughs> So it was this there, weird, yeah. Like there I, are some I, weird solos on that where it's like, where did, okay, like that's not what I said. Didn't see that one coming at all. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of stops and goes to this weird kind of quiet, clean guitar. Like yeah. just such a, such a, a weird thing, but kind of, yeah, hearing that and going, oh, I could probably play some of this song yeah. <laughs> I, yeah you know i knew a lot I, I knew part of a lot of rage against the machine yeah, songs yeah. when i yep. was learning I feel to play guitar. like um, i can i can play all the bass i can play the whole album first album mm. start to finish minus the slap bass stuff because who the fuck wants to play slap bass but like you know because it was it was technical but it was also like attainable if that makes sense like yeah well because if you if you could if you'd had someone show you what a pentatonic scale was, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. You could kind of wrap your you're head around. There. You yeah. are, you're halfway there, and <laughs> yep. then you know, and then once someone explains to you about drop D, and you go, yeah, dude, yeah, oh, fuck, <laughs> this baby, new world just opens up. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> like that. Oh, drop drop tuning, absolute game changer. <laughs> yep. I don't need to be good. I can just do one no. one 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 finger, and, one finger on off, um, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. So like, I remember that, but like there was. Yeah, I think, and then I think another real kind of important moment in my kind of, you know, accessing music and, you know, listening to music at home was, you know, like getting, getting, you know, we had a, you know, we got our first family computer or whatever, and then getting a new, a second, a new computer and having a CD burner. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which that, would have cost 400 bucks. Probably like the, yeah. the burner itself, yeah, yeah. It would, it would, it wouldn't have been tri- cheap, like a, a burner drive. But it was sort of like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Dad just really decided that he wanted to get one. Well, because he got like so, like as I said, like before, Dad kind of you know up until you know a, a lot of my life, he, you know, he was a handyman, did a lot of building stuff like that, you know, and then you know we got a computer, and he decided. Oh, I might go do a TAFE course on computers. That's pretty so we cool. Decided to decided to go study computers. Uh, he didn't finish. I don't think he finished. You know, I, I, I'd love to know what the content of like a TAFE cert <laughs> two in yeah. like it like an IT cert two 
in the late, would have been in like, late yeah, in like the mid to late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably what they teach kids in year four these days. Oh, I don't even think they. I don't <laughs> yeah. even think they teach it. I think it's just yeah. just known. But I remember, I remember Dad doing that, and then got to the got to you know like the last couple of modules were on like databases and stuff, and he and I think he just went ah stuff this like yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think he finished it, but it gave him a good kind of a, a pretty good um, knowledge base on computers. So he kind of got quite into computers. Uh, from there um and yeah i don't know at some point obviously he just decided oh like there's this cool thing where you can you know copy you know copy cds and yep. make a copy of music and, and he thought that was really cool yeah um you know i think he saw it as you know it was at that point of you know the the cd burner was like this thing of like oh you can make bootlegs of you can you can get music kind of for free um and so i think you know I think dad probably saw that as like a really good investment. Like, you know, cause we probably didn't have a lot of, a lot of disposable income. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so he, you yeah, know, I can imagine him going, well, Oh, you know, this is a great way I can do this and I can just copy. I don't need to spend, you know, it's CDs with 35 bucks or whatever they were at yeah. that point, 30 yep. bucks. Yep. So, you know, I can, I can imagine him going, well, if I just buy this once, then I can, you know, I can burn many CDs and, yeah. and have as many as I want. So yep. I don't and know I can the... make I can make copies for friends of my stuff and vice versa. And yeah, yeah exactly. There was. Yep. I was thinking about this. This is a, a, a vague sidetrack. Um, That's fine. I'm, I love sidetracks. I was thinking about this the other day about like so I you know as I said like grew up in so the the town that I kind of would cite as my hometown is uh, Bellingen. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. North Coast, beautiful little town. I never actually lived in Bellingen. We sort of lived 15 minutes out of town and then we moved sort of 15 minutes the other side of town, sort of closer to Coffs Harbour. But Yep. Bellingen's the, kind of up in the quote unquote mountains, isn't it? Uh no, it's a valley. And then you keep going. Oh, right. okay. it's, it's in it's in the valley, and then you keep going up the mountain and you get to Dorigo. Okay. And then right, so right. That, that's up toward then you keep going from there and you kind of head towards Armadale. Kind oh, of thing. okay. So yeah, it's yeah. In, in that. So if you if you're driving on the highway from like Sydney to Brisbane, uh, you get to Urunga. Yep. And then you basically you know fang a fang a left Take off a the left. highway. Yeah. yeah just yep. just drive inland for about <laughs> yep. twenty minutes and. Yep. They've got relatives there. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really nice little part of the world. But I was thinking, like, Somehow, and I, I, I have no idea how my dad met this guy or got onto him, but like, did every town or like suburb in like the late 90s have a dude who sold pirated PC games? Wow. Is Not that a thing? I don't, so I just remember having, like, there was this dude who, and I, I, I don't, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't tell you how old he was at the time. I don't think he was super young, but like, yeah, like dad somehow got his, you know, contact from someone over and he's this guy and he literally had like a printed catalog of of uh PC games. Yeah. That he, you know, had burnt copies of. Uh cuz and this was before, you know, you, there was all the protections on, you know, yep. trying to burn a, a CD or anything, so you could just yep. straight Go up for burn it. a copy. So he literally had a catalog of games. That you could, and he sold them for like 10, 15 bucks each. Yeah. 
But is that is that just like singular to my experience? Like I've is- I've not heard of it, but yeah, know, who I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was just one of those like yeah, only a couple of weeks ago, and it just kind of came like I don't know, like a jolt. I don't even I I don't know what made me think of it, and I went, huh. <laughs> I wonder if this of- is a shared experience. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of a weird thing, wasn't it? <laughs> like, just a dude who sold pirated video games. Uh, really, I think he. I think he must have sold like PlayStation games as well. I don't know. Uh, very weird, but. Yeah, there you <laughs> anyway, go. Sorry, strange sidetrack. I just Fine started thinking it. about that when I was thinking of uh, of CD burners. But um, yeah. Anyway, music. So yeah, like I remember then. Yeah, we got the CD burner, and then I was able to borrow. Uh, you know, borrow then borrow albums off friends. You know, yep. again because like we we just you know, uh, getting a CD was, you know, the only opportunity for me to get a brand new CD was maybe it was at my you know, my birthday or Christmas and yeah yeah you know thirty bucks that's you know that was probably a a reasonable chunk of what I'd be getting for my birthday because you know yeah, yeah we didn't we didn't have heaps of money or whatever but but um, it, but even even with context like. 30 bucks is a lot for a CD. Yeah. And 25 years ago, 35 30 bucks was a lot for us for a lot for anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So like yeah. um Yeah, so that I mean that opened up this whole thing of being able to go, "Oh, you know, can I borrow this CD?" You know, yeah, the old borrow the CD off your mate for a couple of days. I'll yep. yeah, just let me borrow. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back before the weekend, you know, and then get a burnt copy and then it sort of gave, that gives the opportunity then to not just kind of go to your friend's house and listen and go, oh, this is cool, but to like really start, you know, I guess obsessing on albums and, yep. and listening to listening to stuff in detail. And I've always, I'm, I'm staunchly a fan of albums. I don't like, I don't like shuffle. I don't like, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly like playlists. I okay. want to, I, I want to listen to what I feel like listening to. And I want to listen to the whole record as the artist put it down. But yeah. I think that I, I, I don't know, maybe that stems from, yeah, kind of that thing of like not having heaps of music. So having to really hone in and obsess on the music that I did have and kind yeah. of, dig every little part of joy out of it that yeah, I, that I because, could. Yeah, because CDs weren't coming, th- like it wasn't on as on tap as, as it was now or no. even 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and this was like, you know, right on the cusp just before downloading kind of started to be a thing. And yep. so, yeah, like being able to, you know, bring albums ha- home and, and burn copies of them and actually like really properly kind of sit, you know, I just I just used to sit there and listen to music. Yeah. Like I just used to like doing that or sit there and listen to music and read fantasy novels. Um, I was a pretty cool kid. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Coolest in, in Bellingen. That's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's why I remember getting a, you know, I, I definitely, I borrowed a copy of the first Rage Against the Machine record off a friend. I brought it home and I, I burnt it and we had a printer as well. And well, we must have had a... We must have had a scanner as well. Yep. Which would have been very early to have a scanner. But I remember, yeah, like dad, 
used to be pretty meticulous. Like you, you know, we'd scan, you'd scan the cover in, yep, print out a, uh, you know, print out a scanned version of that, and it's perfect because that cal- covers black and white, so it works easy well one, on a black easy and white one. printer. It yeah. kind of looked like shit anyway, so yeah. It, yeah. it just looked a bit grittier. But yeah, like I remember having yeah all these CDs with like the carefully printed covers in the yep. in the case and stuff. But um, yeah, that was what I was going to go with album wise for track number two. Lay it on me. Because, like, think it was, this is one of my, like, this is one of my all-time albums. So no, I'm, I know. I, I know, I, I, I know I, I you love this I can't wait to hear band. what you're going to pick, yeah. Well, so, like, I guess testament to, like, you know, the album thing, like, you know, I would always, my, my favourite track on an album would constantly be changing. Yep. And it would be, you know, it would be whatever. And I'll, you know, you get that record and it's, probably, you know, killing in the names, the obvious first one. And then you go, yep. oh, actually, like, Bomb Track's pretty cool. Oh, Oh, actually, know your enemy. Holy shit! Like that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That that riff. Oh wow. Um, but one of the ones that I ended that ended up really just kind of becoming my absolute favorite, and I think, and as I said, like this, this is what made me want to start playing guitar and you know, pick up Dad's acoustic guitar and start you know fiddling around or you know, I, I don't know at what point I discovered guitar tabs, but you know, start fiddling around and. You know, I remember, and it might have been a few years later, but, you know, the the first song that I could sort of play pretty much in its entirety off this record, including the solo, Ooh. which is a big one. Yeah. Uh, and it was probably a pretty shit rendition of the <laughs> yeah, solo. But okay. I felt like I had it down enough to say that I could play it because it wasn't, it didn't have a lot of the super weird shit. It was, a, it was noodly, but not crazy, um, was the album closer, Freedom. Dude, I mean, dude, hey, that's you, that's like that's my track. They like fuck. you know that's the track. And that's the track for me. Like it's not about me, but I'm gonna say this anyhow. What sold me on this track? What like because mm. it's a fucking great album, and I'm the same. I have one day it could be know your enemy, one yeah. day it could be bullet in the head, whatever. Like it always changes or whatever. Yeah, but. I think the thing that sold me on it, <clears throat> pardon me, was watching The Matrix in the cinemas mm. and the final scene of The Matrix where ne- like uh, Keanu Reeves is on the phone and he says some fucking, some line that like implies that there's more movies coming. Yeah. And then he hangs up the phone and he shoots off into space or some shit. Yeah. And the intro to Freedom starts and then like as it blows up, like the credits are rolling and I just remember going, this is the greatest moment in cinematic history. <laughs> Man. Because it's like it was it was like the combination of an amazing movie yeah with the combination of the last track on an amazing album and because like maybe because it was the last it, track cuz it had yeah. that and then cuz it's funny you mentioned that film cuz I I forgot that that song was on the credits cuz the song that I remember also being on the credits that it transitions to I think halfway through the credits roll is Wake Up as well, I feel like is I feel like they must be both. Hold on, what did you go for? Freedom. Are you thinking? Oh, of, I've balls it. Of, I've completely balls it. Completely ruined it. I, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's wake up. It. Maybe I feel like wake up's the track on the on the end of that. No, it is. Is it? Yeah, it is. I've completely balls that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fucking. <laughs> I should just yeah. It's wake up. There yeah. we go. Anyway. 
Freedom. There you go. Well, that's your gem, and mine can be Wake Up. Okay, that's, that's fine. Cool. Wake Up's <laughs> also a great gem. They're all there's. I mean, there's not a bad song on that record, but um, yeah, like I don't know something about that song kind of just you know yeah. I remember learning learning like being able to play it and do like a kind of shitty version of the the guitar solo and yeah, but that like the opening riffs like this just this big you know it's such a simple riff but it just it hits and then. Like Rage Against the Machine was like the first thing where like I like just remember being like, oh, like music can be visceral and angry. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, freedom's got, you know, this great build up and then that, you know, that like I really remember like, you know, almost having chills listening to the the end of the track, and there's just like that refrain where he, you know, it's probably the most unhinged Zach sounds on that whole record. Yeah. And he's just He's just screaming the word freedom over and over again, and it's, with that big build-up riff kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That dan and it like that. Yep. Yeah, and it it yeah. Anyway, I yeah that that one that one jumped out as the uh, as the one to to play off this record because it's a great track.
succeeding on the level of our unconsciousness. For example, what does the billboard say? Come and play, come and play. Forget about the movement. I've shamed myself. Yeah, you, you have really embarrassed yourself. I didn't want to yeah. bring it up. But, uh. yeah. <laughs> but we'll keep it in because you know, I deserve it. I deserve yeah. it. That's fucking great. I can't believe... Because <laughs> I'm confusing the big yelling thing at the end. Yeah. Wake up. Freedom. It's kind of... It's, yeah, 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 yeah. He does like, the... He likes to sing a... He likes to scream a refrain. It's a, yeah. Yeah. It's a signature move, <laughs> but... Yeah, man, I tell you, I, I, you know, I've been spending a lot of time at home over the last six months and, yep. um, funny that, <laughs> yeah. and I think like early on, early on in like lockdown, you know, and I was, on, I was working part time cause I work for a brewery and yep. funnily enough, when pubs are closed, not very good for the beer industry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were sort of working three-day weeks. And so I'm like, well, I guess I have five-day weekends every every week. I guess I'm just going to start watching, you know, watching lots of movies and doing whatever. And, and I decided to re-watch the Matrix trilogy. Yep. Okay. How, 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 how recent was your most recent re-watch of that? 
I'd say I've probably watched one within the last three years. Okay. But but, but yeah. number two, number two and number three, not this deck. No, well, not yeah, not like somewhere between it being released and two thousand and ten. Like, and I never, yeah. I never loved it. Like, and because partially because I never got it, mm. and partially because I thought it was not overkill, but like, um, you know, the scenes in. The scenes in the first one were like where they were getting like there was how do I put it there was too much action, yeah. So it just kind of detracted from in my mind it somewhat detracted from the yeah. storyline because they went hey we can make this thing fucking big and bombastic and there's shit crawling through the roof and we're all just gonna fucking fire fire you know shit at it and shit's gonna blow up and it's gonna go bananas and da 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 da. It's like yeah well that's not much of it like everyone can do that yeah. Like, where's the where's yeah? The, where, you know, where's, where's the, the subtlety? The subtle yeah. punch. So yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. The, so the first one, did you do up, like one, two, three? Yeah, like, yeah I did. Like, I did them in, in order over. The sorry, space no, no, of, but like, like, yeah, go in the space. Over the space of like a week or something. Okay. I did all three yeah, yeah. of them. Uh, first one, look, it holds up pretty well. It's yeah. It looks very considering 90s. it's a, considering it is a documentary. <laughs> it is a documentary, exactly. Uh, <laughs> considering your document, it's a documentary. It's held up pretty well. Yeah. Um, the second one and the third one, which I didn't realize until I started watching the third one, that I don't think I ever saw the third one okay. when it first came out. The third Matrix film is an unwatchable piece of trash. Yeah, right. It is <laughs> so fucking terrible. Uh, it is beyond belief. It's I just so bad. The thing that stands out to me a bit in the third one was where he finally meets the architect. Yeah. And then going, this is way too clever for me. So, like, I'm now just letting go of enjoyment because I just don't get yeah. it. I think I feel like that movie suffered from, like, you know, the, the first one. Like, the first one... I understood it as a, as a however old I was, you know, ten or eleven or when it, whatever when it came out. Like I, I got the gist of what it was getting at, uh, but I think like that was it was it was like this incredible high concept thing, and it got so much hype about it. Yeah, and I just felt like the next two, um, the Wachowskis just went too deep into their own bullshit almost like okay. it just, yeah. it, just yeah. became, it just became really convoluted and I was just like you know it and some somehow the third one looks more dated than the first one uh, I, I, just, I don't now. know I, I just it, it, what war- I think- it warrants a rewatch as like the you know like the seminal sci-fi series of of that era it, yeah. it fully warrants a, a rewatch but oh, don't expect much from the the second and third ones they get I pretty, just they I get think the, garbage. the first one the, the reason I give a I give a pass to is probably not like not that they need a pass from me, but like I think of the first one and think of I always think of this concept of that was the first that that movie was so ahead of its time concept wise, mm. but was ridiculous. Like, the way it was received was fucking ridiculous, right? Yeah, and the stuff that those the those are they twins. Mm. Yep. Or, no, I don't or are they I don't, just I don't, siblings? I don't know if they're twins or they're just they're just sisters, but Okay. Yeah, anyway. So they're 
the train of thought they were writing 20-something years ago, mm. which has only in the last couple of years being talked about, not even on a big scale. Mm. Like, I couldn't talk to my mum about a simula- the simulation theory. Yeah. But I could talk to some of my age about the, simula- like the simulation theory mm. because they kind of get a grasp of it. But, like, these... They were talking. They, they they made a movie based on that concept. Yeah, like it's fucking mind blowing. Like something that's like that was so big, and that only twenty something years later, people are going. There could be, you know, there. It's not unfeasible. You know, there are yeah, there are yeah, more yeah. things that people believe that are more that are less feasible than yeah, yeah, yeah. the simulation theory, and these siblings made a. Made a fucking Hollywood blockbuster, yeah, out of but, that concept. But do you do you know, do you know the other the other theory about the allegory for what that film is, what that no. story is? No, clue. so so you, like you know they're both like later in life both came out as transgender. Yep, uh, you know, um, so there's a there's a theory which I fucking love that the entire the entire thing is like a, like an allegory for gender dysphoria. Uh, and like being, you know, like, you know, in, in the, in the closet as it were, as a, as a transgender person, uh, and that kind of whole, like struggling with identity and sense of self and all that sort of stuff, which okay. I think is, uh, I, 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 and I, I don't know that either of them have ever confirmed or said, yes, this is the case. Maybe it's just one of those nice theories, but, uh, I would Fucking love if that came out as yeah. the true thing, as as the thing like in you know in the early two thousands, managing to, you know, have like the biggest movie of the year, and it was a, a secret allegory for trans rights is like, yeah, that's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, I fucking I love that, love yep. that so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. All right. See, um, where like, are we at now? We are. I mean, this is now the Matrix podcast. What are you going to do ma- about it? <laughs> Matrix, Matrix, Matrix my, fancast. My uh. my Matrix age podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were you a, you were a Triple J kid? Were you a Rage kid? Were you like getting up of a morning? Or no, yeah. even even to one up that, were you a recovery kid? Recovery. I feel like. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I must have watched it a little bit. But I feel like like when let's let's Google when did when did recovery end? Oh, I dare say it would have been two thousand and two thousand two thousand oh two thousand one. I'm gonna guess. Uh, two thousand. Okay, right. End of April two thousand. So I guess I must have been on. Yeah, I must have watched bits and pieces of it, but I don't. I don't know that I sort of connected kind of what it was or what it was presenting really until I was probably a bit older. Okay. But I definitely remember, I definitely remember Rage, but that was, I mean, that must have been when I was sort of, you know, getting a little, uh, yeah, in, in the early 2000s, but I definitely remember, like, yeah, Rage was, that yep. was your Saturday mornings and you either yep. watched Rage or you watched the shitty pop one on channel 10 and video I was hits. like, yeah, yeah. Video hits. I was like, no, no, no rage. Like yep. that's where I know I'm going to see some better music. Um, yeah. uh, let alone, you know, you would, you know, see something and go, Oh, this band, you know, the, the, the late night, like after yeah. midnight, 
yep. oh, this this band is guest programming. Yeah. And that Huge. was like, like you know, and I don't know if you did this, but I definitely, you know, would in the same way, you know, taping songs off the radio, like stay up and, you know, tape film clips off Rage and, yep. you know, start recording, you know, mastering the art of starting recording the tape, you know, before the song started in case it was a song that you wanted. Yep. And then if it wasn't a song that you wanted, you would just stop it and rewind the tape a little couple bit. Couple of seconds. You know, yep. Yeah, couple yep. of just inline, you know, in <laughs> yep. clever inline video edits. Um, yep. uh, but yeah, rage was definitely was definitely a big thing, and like just being able to kind of, you know, yeah, like I guess put faces to bands as well. Like, uh, yeah. oh, that's what that's what these people look like. Oh, that's what you know that's what people who make music like this dress like. And, you know, I guess, you know, giving that the, the context, you know, the contextual kind of package to it all. So yeah, it was definitely, yeah. rage was definitely, uh, definitely a big thing. Um, the, when you were listening to rage against the machine and new metal and everything that kind of came around that at an early age, were your parents, what were their vibe? What was their vibe on it? Like, were they encouraging discovering new music or were they kind of like, ah, this has got a bit too many F-bombs and this is a bit no. gnarly sounding? Like, were they, yeah. I don't, I don't ever remember them being too worried about swearing in the lyrics or anything like that. Um, yeah, no, I don't ever remember that, that really been coming up. Like, I mean, they certainly didn't. They didn't get it. They didn't. They yeah. didn't. You know, yeah. and you know, and so, and so by this point, you know, new metal's in full swing, and I have been completely engrossed by it. Yep. Like it totally, you know, because that's that's what people I knew were listening to, either that or like gangster rap stuff, which yep. I dabbled in a bit of hip hop as well, but guitar music was what kind of really resonated with me a lot more. Yeah. Um, it felt more, I don't know, relatable and more, more impassioned, I guess. Um, you know, that was sort of at the height of, you know, the real, uh, quote unquote, you know, bitches and hoes kind of gangster rap stuff. Yep. I, I, I don't know. I feel like even at a young age, I was like, eh, Feels kind of I don't know about this. Seems a bit, yeah. Eh. Yep. Um, you know, without without kind of realizing on a on a deeper level how problematic some of that yeah, stuff yeah. Uh, actually was, but it just kind of never really, yeah, it didn't resonate with me the same way as you know hearing a dude, you know, passionately hollering, you know, whatever angst angst riddle lyrics over. Yep. Over a nice drop D. <laughs> Big guitar riff. <laughs> nice drop yeah. D riff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, me, like, you know, pretty much, you know, 12 to 17 was new metal. That was it, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're still I, living in Bellingen at that, at that age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't move to Sydney until I was probably just before I turned 19, I think I moved down here. Okay. Or just, or just after I turned 19. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it was kind of a, a factor again of like, I just, I didn't know anyone who listened to, so when I was, when I was, I guess, so I went to, I went to the high school, Bellingen high school up until year 10. 
Um, and so at that, I just didn't know anyone that listened to anything other than the, the, the three, the three genre options that I was aware of were new metal and new metal adjacent kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, <laughs> options that I was aware of as things that was, it was quote unquote cool to listen to as a teenager, new metal rap or, you know, I mean, cool's a very subjective thing here, but the other big thing there, you know, I mean, it's a mid North coast, a lot of hippies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> it was absolutely fucking prime John Butler trio country. Ah, oh, of course. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So that was the <laughs> other thing that, you know, I had friends who, you know, you loved, you know, I guess I had friends that were listening to some like slightly more interesting stuff, but you know, a lot of that, like real, you know, folksy, you know, Arnie DeFranco, John Butler Trio. Ben Harper kind of. Ben Harper a little bit. Yeah. Like Arnie DeFranco was like all of my, all of my female friends in like, in high school were just absolutely fucking obsessed with Arnie DeFranco. I never really kind of quite clicked with it, but you know, yeah, yeah, that, that sort of stuff was the other kind of thing. So that kind of stuff didn't, you know, uh, didn't particularly appeal to me. Um, not to say, like, I'm sure I had a, a, a John Butler Trio CD at some point. Yep. Because that's what, you know, some of my friends were listening to. So I'm sure I got yep. one. But um, it, I don't know, it didn't have the, uh, it didn't have the rawness and the energy of kind of. That you the, needed. Yeah. And so in lieu of, you know, at this point, I, I, I didn't know that there was a, I didn't know that hardcore was even a thing. Like I just thought you had, you either had metal or you had punk, you know, that yeah. was kind of, that was where I was at. Cause I just, I hadn't really been exposed to the concept otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until probably, so year 11 and 12, I changed and went to, there was like a senior college, um, in Kosaba that just did. Year eleven and twelve, is, uh, is that what like did Bellingen just go seven to ten? No, no, no. Or, it went through. It, went, to it went through to twelve. Yep. Um, it was just a thing that that was an option there, and it seemed like a I don't know. It seemed like a cool thing because it shared it shares a it shares the campus with um, the university and the TAFE. Right. Okay. And so you going to you know it's a senior college there, but you kind of go. You don't have to wear a school uniform. That was a big one. Yeah. No uniforms. <laughs> You call your teachers by their first name. Yeah, wow. they treat they treated you like adults. Okay. Um, so that was incredibly appealing to me uh, <laughs> as a teenager who probably didn't. You know, I was I was a generally I think was a pretty good kid. I didn't act out too much, but I, I don't think um, like the structured one size fits all. Yeah, nature of the school system probably quite vibed with my with 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 my style of learning. I like learning, but I like doing it on my own terms. I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, the idea of being like, oh, you know, you have all this freedom, and you can you go, you can you can go off campus on your lunch break if you want to, and like get to be like an adult was like, oh fuck, that's so sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going there, then I sort of met, you know, it was this kind of, you know, people were kind of, you know, I guess it was, 
I feel like it was a good funnel for a lot of interesting people. Like, you had to be a certain personality type to want to do that. To, and I yeah. think probably had to have a certain level of maturity and, you know, to a certain degree, probably not feel like you you fit in as much at, at a, you know, a standard kind of public school. So it kind of brought together a lot of kind of cool and interesting people from a bunch of different schools around yeah. around the region. It, uh, yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that you'd, that the students who want to, and, and this isn't, this is, I don't mean to diminish the concept of people who stay in their town for their whole yeah. life because, you know, that's fucking, yeah, it's fantastic if that's the way you've chosen. But, like, the people who look around and go, there's got to be more out there, would congregate yeah. at a school which offers something more than what you're what you're in at that, that time and place, if that makes sense. Probably. Like, with all, for all I the mean, little if, high schools in that kind of northern uh, mid yeah. coast, all the people that go, this I'm too big for this town. And not in a, not in the better than them kind of way, but like there's no, got to no, be no. more out there. This is this I, is the next gateway. This is I the next think, step into getting I, out of here. I've never I never really thought about it, but I think probably absolutely like nail on the head. Like there are people that I you know a lot of people who yeah just kind of never really left Bellingen. Yeah. I don't think any of them went to the senior college. I think they all stayed at the the local yeah. high school. You know. Yep. Um, and thinking about it, I don't really know anyone that I went to the senior college with. Uh, off the top of head, my head that didn't end up moving to Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne. Yep. So yeah, yep. it probably there's probably some kind of correlation there of like personality type of you know that that desire for kind of independence and and whatever yeah. else. But but that was a cool thing. And yeah, it wasn't till probably yeah I got there that then I met, you know met sort of different people and people who were listening to kind of punk music and you know. It still was probably a bit a, a, a while before I kind of really cl- clicked on the concept of hardcore, but it certainly brought me across to some some other bands that were much more in the punk or like kind of pop punk, um, pop punk worlds. Yeah, uh, you know that was where you know a band like AFI. That was you know that was I, I didn't hear them until I was in I guess like grade eleven. Yep. Um, right after Sing the Sorrow came out. Yep. Another, another. Wait, this is just the greatest hits of bands that you love tonight. <laughs> it is. Show. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you know me really well, and it's, like you're just rattling all, them off. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just ticking off all the boxes. I'm not going to play yep. an AFI song, but That's um, fine. That's uh, fine. but yeah, like started, come, you know, stuff that was much more in the kind of the punk world and getting a bit more of a, of you know, I guess broadening my horizons musically a little bit more, just because I was being exposed to more stuff and. Yep. And and sort of realizing, I guess that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily new metal as a genre that resonated with me. It was just angry guitar music. Yeah, you know, it just felt. I mean, maybe that's the um, that's the uh, the 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 middle class white kid in me. You know, um, oh, mate, angry angry yeah, guitar music. But- I I I feel the same way with um. I got into the first two Corn albums. Yeah, like I got into the second. I got into Corn when the Life Is Peachy came out. Yeah, but had I have been a few years older, it would have been you know because I got into them in ninety five or ninety six or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Probably ninety five. Yeah, but like had I been a few years older, it would have been like the blossoming of like skate punk, like that Epifat stuff. Yeah, and yeah. That, like it was just. I think 
new metal is an easy thing to kind of latch onto and be a gateway into something else because yeah. it was so fucking big and it was just like, oh wait, like it's easily accessible, and it's it was angry. It was. It's angry people playing like it's angry people playing angry music, yeah. And I can just buy it from whatever the fuck you know local independent shop HMV Sunday whatever. It's there. Yeah, and I can just grab it. Like yeah, yeah. I was just. Because I'm, I'm what? How old are you now? I'm, I'm like four, five, five years. Yeah, so um, I'm five, five years younger than you. Yeah, yeah. So like, I was just absolutely fucking ripe for the picking. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For the new, but you know, like you know, I got into it just as it was sort of bubbling up, and then you know, within a couple of years, it was Limp Bizkit and Lincoln Park, and you know, yeah. just it was the biggest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so we just, yeah, it was just the right, you know, like, it, I think it's a funny, it's a funny thing. I think it's kind of less so now, but I, like, I probably did it when I was in like my early twenties then like was being like embarrassed that I was into new metal. Like, yeah. oh no. And then you're like fucking literally everyone the same age as you was into new metal, dude. Yeah. Like. Yep. Why? But but everyone was a bit embarrassed about it, and would be yeah. like, "Oh yeah, what, like new metal. I don't really care about that." Like, it's like you are. We were all into new metal. Yeah, it's fine. It's a thing yeah. that happened. We can where we can move, move on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know. Yep. Like, uh, and I mean, yeah. Most of it has aged very poorly. Very very poorly. Um, <laughs> some of it's aged okay. You know. And, it's funny, like I some like I've started, you know, occasionally, like just in a nostalgia sense, going back and having a listen to, you know, yeah, listening back to some stuff that I probably haven't listened to in a long time. And even like a band like Corn is an interesting one because they were never my favorite. I was never okay. like, a massive Corn fan, but like you go back and listen to them now, and you're like, this was a singular band. There is. There will never be another band that sounds like Corn. No, <laughs> that's right. Which, you know, depending depending on your stance, is is either a great thing or or a yeah. bad thing. But like, it was just a bunch of weird dudes making weird music. Yeah, and a lot of new metal was that, and t- you know, certainly the pro- the like the the early kind of progenitors of it. It was. There's, you listen to a lot of those early bands and none of them sound like each other. No. They just also all. don't sound like anything else. Yeah. So, oh, this is a, well, here's a genre that and let's, let's lump all of these bands in. And, you know, then it kind of got codified, I yeah. guess, you know, Limp Biscuit, And, you know, once they kind of came up that kind of codified the idea of what new metal was was yeah absolutely the, you know the 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 rap rock element in a big way um do you reckon rage against the machine must feel oh i know they've they're I'm pretty sure those dudes are on record as being like fuck we inspired some absolute yeah. garbage bands we apologize and we don't for that feel yeah. good about it. like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm, I'm pretty certain they are and I always used to get mad when people called them a, a, a new metal band because I was like, they're not. They 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 exist. They exist outside of that. But yeah. um, yeah, there were definitely a few bands that I always, you know, that that kind of in hindsight were like, oh, this this isn't really doesn't sound like codified new metal, you know, in the in the way that Limp Bizkit is. Uh, and yeah, Corn's Corn's a really interesting one. Like they are just a very strange band. 
they, I, I, there's so many weird groove elements and just so strange. But um, they're the kind of band where you just look at and go, I don't know what your influences are. Ooh. Like, where does where does this where does this all come from? Yeah, like, you like can't, probably you know, probably the only kind of like semi obvious. Like, I feel like. I feel like those dudes probably love Mike Patton projects. Yeah. Like okay. they probably I mean, yeah, love okay. Faith No yeah. More. They probably love Mr. Bungle and some of the weirder Mike Patton stuff. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I don't even know. I mean, but I, in saying that, I'm like, what's he, what was even the timeline on Mr. Bungle? When did that's, that's not my, that's not my shit. So I don't even know so how concurrent mi- that was. So Mr. Bungle. So, okay. The epic film clip, the Faith No More's epic film clip. Yeah. 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 He's my Patton's wearing a Mr. Bungle shirt and okay. Epic would have been 89, 90. Okay. Kind of All right. So, so it's, like it's they would have been coming of, yeah, they would have been coming of age, you know, buying, you know, getting into music. Yeah. Probably yeah. listening to that, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I, there's I don't so know. many, there's so many yeah. weird disparate elements. It all reeks of people who like are completely self-taught, you know, yeah. like just don't know just kind of worked out how to make their instruments sound, you know, like, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back to the corn podcast. Every Wednesday at nine, right after the <laughs> matrix podcast. We can, uh, like, but you can look at a band of that. You can look at a, a lot of bands of that time and just go, okay, well, I mean, a lot of bands, but like, you can look at bands and go, okay, I can see like, your lineage, like you can yeah. listen to, like you can look at Metallica or, you know, Nirvana or, or like Pearl Jam or like big old, yeah, old yeah, rock yeah. bands at the time and go, okay, you're doing guitar based stuff There's and a it's kind of this, yeah, line. like you, we can kind of see the elements in there. Yeah. But you look at Corn and just go, yeah, no, you you guys were guys, so they, like, they came from Bakersfield, which is like, it's, it's, uh, a couple pretty, of hours. It was a pretty poor, rough area. It's it's a, point, right? it's a it's a it's a very rough. I think it still is to this day. Like yeah. you know, California is not that. Like outside of LA, California is not like inland. Anyhow, it's there's not a whole lot going on. There's yeah. a whole lot of bored individuals, and they yeah. came out of being bored individuals. Like I remember reading yeah. guitar magazines when as they were blowing up, where they were like, "Yeah, we like the t- um, is it Monkey and Head, the two guitarists." Yeah, yeah. They just saw these Steve Vai seven inches in a uh, seven inches seven strings in a guitar shop, and went, "Listen to how massive this sounds." Yeah, like not not doing it as like a kind of no no just going a, a, oh like yeah we can we can run this through a, a metal zone or whatever yeah. whatever Ex- the fuck extra doing. low string go brr. yeah and yeah. like and then they <laughs> made that like, so they both lay by the guitars, and then paid them off and went in and played them and paid them off and da da da. And that was their. That's how they kind of got there. Like they, they saw something that someone did. And they went, "We're not going to change what it is, but we're mm. going to attack it differently." Yeah. Who the fuck would have ever played a seven string? Like, you know, yeah, the seven string was was invented as this, you know, this. Oh, it's this extended range, and it's for yeah. like virtuosic players, and they were just like. We're just gonna like chug on these low strings and do yeah. some, then do some high. But like, and, oh, you know. you, we're tuned B E A D G E 
whatever it is. Oh, well, we're going to drop the B to an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know what we know what drop D is. Let's yeah, do that, so we'll, but on a seven. We'll transition string. into it from a seven string. Yeah, yeah. Have you, yeah. Is, have you have you ever owned a seven string guitar? No. You've owned a five string bass though, I assume. No. Really? No, really? I've wow. dodged those bullets, and Amazing. I've owned some fucking horrific stuff in my time. Yeah. Like um a. Like a little a Steinberger copy, like a body like that big kind of thing, and like you know, we yeah, like a I know headless, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. I own one of them because Fat Mike used to play one of them, and blah blah blah. blah. But like, yeah, I've never owned a five string bass, never owned a seven string guitar. There yeah. you go. I did yeah. own a seven string for actually for years because uh, it was very nice uh, for my 18th birthday. A bunch of my friends chipped in and bought me. What, like, you know, for a bunch of deadbeat, you know, teenagers, like, obviously no one really had much money. So I guess it was the cheapest seven string guitar they could basically find. Yep. And it was uh, a J&D Luthiers, if you remember oh, yeah. that brand. Yeah, I do indeed. Yes. Yeah, proper, proper, absolute garbage guitars. <laughs> uh, and just looping it back around, it was a J&D Luthiers copy of Korn's Ibanez signature model. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> like okay. the silver burst. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, I like, I messed around with that, you know, a bit for, I don't know, like I probably, I probably lost interest in the idea of a seven string guitar really quickly, but just out of like the sheer guilt of what a nice thing it was, I lugged that guitar <laughs> all over <laughs> Sydney with me to like, you know, like it moved house with me like eight times. Yep. I only, I only finally sold it in the last five years. Like you sold it. I got, well, fuck. I don't know. How much would you have got for like 70 bucks, 80 bucks? That's a good question. I feel like maybe (laughs) I got 150 for it, to be honest. Selling at your mates. Hopefully they're not listening. Uh, You know. (laughs) No, I feel you. (laughs) I I don't know. I was just like, yeah. I don't know. I've I've come to a point with music gear, uh, you, and I, I know you and I have, have both have our uh, have our, our vices when it comes to uh, yep. purchasing music gear that we don't necessarily need at all. Uh, no, nah. <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I was I was, you know, I think I had seven guitars at one point and a bass, and you know, now I've now I'm even stupider and I, I buy modular synthesizers, which is. Yes, True it's a like, whole, it's a whole another level. Oh, like <laughs> it's it's stupid. Um, I'm <laughs> I am a moron. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, like I just kind of did get to this point with music gear where I was, you know, I had all these guitars and pedals, and I'm like, fuck, if I'm not using it, what's the point of having it? You know, yeah. I'd rather sell it. I'd rather sell that guitar for 150 bucks and you know, someone buys it and gives it to their kid who desperately wants to, yeah. you know, like that's, that seems Or, or just gets the use out of it. Yeah. Just get some kind of use out of it. Yeah. It's, it's being played. Like I've yeah. had it. I had the, the, you know, it was this really nice thing that my friend did for me. And I, you know, and I like uh, endlessly appreciative of such a nice gesture, but if it's just sitting here taking up space and, you know, like I have a, I have a moving house rule. Which is if you if you're packing stuff to move house, and you go to pack something and you go, huh? The last time I really looked at this was <laughs> the last time I packed it up to move house. Yep, it's time to go. That means you should fuck. Just get rid of it. Yep. You know, 
Marie Kondo your life. Yeah, that, that's right. Is that, is, that's, that's the thing. Is I never, everyone, that was, uh, was that this year? That was, everyone was obsessed with that for a minute. I never for watched For a minute. It. Yeah. No, nor for, did I. For one minute, which is the, the length of uh, people's attention spans in yes. 2020. Yeah, it's what, you, it's what happens. Yeah. I know. Um, so anyway, I did own a seven string guitar. Fun, fun little sidetrack. Um, but music. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was bouncing around on this. Cause like, you know, you know, we've got, you gave it, this is the 14 to 18 and, and ostensibly by like 17, 18, I was starting to discover metalcore and, you know, yep. subsequently kind of hardcore and stuff. And I was like, well, look, you know, I could, I could skip to something that's a little bit more respectable, but I think it would be disingenuous of me yeah. to, to not play <laughs> something that fell within the new metal canon. But um, what I went with was another band that, one of the only bands that really still holds up super well from that era. And I, you could probably guess where I'm going with this. I can. Um, <laughs> but another, but also a band that was, didn't really fit the archetype of new metal. They just didn't sound like anything else going on at that yeah. time. So they got kind of pushed in there. Yeah. And they, you know, that more in common, you know, in hindsight, like there's more in common here with like, you know, post-hardcore, like, yeah. you know, quicksand, quicksand and, and stuff, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And then also like, I mean, you listen to later records and it's basically shoegaze. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously I'm talking about the Deftones. Uh, yep. uh, so I was like, well, yeah, if I'm going to play a new metal track, let's at least play, or, or something from that era. Let's at least play something that uh, I still think holds up pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, I've gone with the album Around the Fur. I probably didn't hear the Deftones pr- really probably until White Pony came out. Okay. But then I I think I, you know, probably heard Around the Fur at around the same time. So even though this was, Around the Fur was what, 97, I want to say, 96, 97. And then cause White Pony was 2000. That was like, right. 2000 was the year. The year. Yeah, yeah. That was the <laughs> year. Um, but yeah, uh, an absolute favorite song of mine, uh, of theirs was always, uh, be quiet and drive. Um, yep. just great, big riff, cool vibe. Like, j- yeah, just, a, a an all round cool ass song. So that's my, uh, that's my number three track.
Fuck yeah. So they were another band that, and it probably only came out recently, but like that just, like Raging Against Machine, they just went, yeah, you all stuck us with new metal, mm. but like we're still here. Yeah. Doing doing our thing. And yeah, you you were all wrong and we hadn't we wanted nothing to do with that, but that's the corner we got kind of pushed into. And, yeah, and, yeah. and you want you want a tour, you want to play shows, you wanna go, oh, we can make a career out of this. Well yeah. what do you what do you do, right? You Yeah. I mean they I, did yeah. they did the warp tour they did a warp tour out here and mm. it looked then that it uh it must have been the first warp tour. Like the first proper warp tour that had Blink, um, the Vandals Living in Body Jar, Friends All, Real Big Fish. But, yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive Deftones were on the very first one. Yeah. And, like, you know, in hindsight, it makes sense because they were probably doing it on the US as well and and as were Quick, as did Quicksand and as did all these other bands. But, like, yeah. from, from me looking at it, I looked at it and went, Nah, this isn't for me. Like, and this is, <laughs> and this is the thing that's, this is the thing that's not like the other. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, you know, at the same token, the second, the second or third walk tour had Will Haven on it. Another that band was, that like now see I that's I was because you said warp tour and I went fuck I went to the warp tour because that was you know it used to go it would go regional right yes it would go to Coffs it went to Coffs Harbour and I went to I think it was the last year that it came out and it was the I remember seeing Will Haven and it was yep. like uh, it was Pennywise I mean the Pennywise yep. are just they play every warp tour I think yeah yep. <laughs> uh, like Mighty Mighty Boss Tones yeah Body Jar were definitely on it. Yep. Um, One dollar short did it. Yeah, all did it. Yep. One dollar short. Yep. Got a mouse. MXPX. Oh, MXPX. Yep. Oof. Newfound Glory uh, were on it. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually. I, I don't. I don't think I. I. I don't think I had ever heard Newfound Glory when I went to. When I went to that, I don't think I'd ever heard of them. I mean, that was a perfect example of. I was still at school in Bellingen. Yep. And so we, you know, we went, so like, oh, there's some, to be honest, like I probably, no word of a lie, I probably went to that show. I probably wanted to go to it because the band Sunk Lotto were playing. Yeah. That's <laughs> you yeah, know, that's and they, they were like, and then it was all these kind of punk, like I definitely knew Pennywise. Yep. Pennywise was one that, Pennywise was one that I kind of had always listened to throughout, weirdly. I remember buying a copy of, I remember getting a copy of Full Circle, uh, like a, you know, like a car boot sale yep. okay. kind of thing. And I remember buying a copy of Full Circle for like five bucks because I, I knew that I liked, when I first was listening to Triple J a lot, I remember was was when Straight Ahead had come out. Okay. And so like Alien was like, you know, was, was getting, single. you know, yep. that was, yeah. And, and that was when Triple J, you know, like a, a, a skate punk record like that would get. Yeah. Could get like attention. Regular yeah. play. Like, you yeah. know, that, that Alien would be getting played, you know, twice a day. Yep. Um, and so I remember I'd like that. And then, yeah, I, I, yeah, picked up this copy of Full Circle for like five bucks at a car boot sale, which, you know, yeah, that was like, holy fuck, $5 for like a, a CD, but like a, like a, this is like a real punk band. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so I always, I always really liked that. And I actually, I went and saw Pennywise whenever they did the tour a little while ago, and and played that album in full a couple okay. of years ago. I was like, 
I gotta do this for I gotta do this for fifteen year old Tully. Like I gotta Yeah, he deserves I gotta, it. I gotta go check it out. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty good. I had a yeah. lot of fun, you know. Yep. It was a nice little nostalgia thing. But um yep. Yeah. Uh sorry, why, why are we talking about Pennywise now? <laughs> why why aren't we talking about no no, we talked about oh, dead no, toys. We, we were talking about de- Oh, we're talking dead about Warp Tour, that's yeah. right. Warp Tour. Yeah, so yeah, I, but yeah, I definitely saw a bunch of bands at that Warp Tour that I didn't realize until much later were like <clears> oh or not much later but you know a few years later like oh these are like i saw i actually saw like all of these like quite big bands yeah yep and i and i didn't really because i just hadn't been exposed to a lot of that yeah at that point i was there to see the new metal bands yep <laughs> just <laughs> the, the three new metal bands on the lineup yep so what made you move to sydney um have you ever lived in Coffs Harbour? Well, as a, as uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's that's fair enough. But like, okay, w- yeah. sorry, let me start that again. Obviously, you want to get it, get out. Was it? Did you move down just to get out, or were you studying, or like, why not Brisbane? Um, yeah, Sydney was. I'd had a few a, a few good friends had already moved down a little bit ahead of me, so like, I finished school, and you know, I think I'd applied to I'd applied to go and study music. At, uh, the Southern Cross Dave and uh, Southern Cross Uni in Lismore. Yep. Uh, didn't get in. Thank fuck. What a pointless yeah. degree that would have been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I definitely considered it as well. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I was not good enough at guitar to uh, be yep. accepted. Um, but uh, yeah. So like, I, I I sort of hadn't. I'd kind of put all my eggs in that basket, like you know, just a default, like oh well. You know, I guess you go to uni, you know, um, yep. you know, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough. Like I should go study something or whatever. You know, kind of didn't get into that and was like, oh, I guess I'll go to uni. Maybe I'll just, I don't know. I'll just like get a job or whatever and, and work for a little bit. So I got a job working at a bottle shop and then a different job working at a, a bowling club. Um, And then I don't really know what even kind of sparked the decision, like, yeah, like a, a few good friends had moved down to Sydney a little, you know, this would have been, they would have moved probably at the start of 06, I guess. Yep. Because they were going to uni um, down here or, you know, or doing TAFE or whatever they were doing. Uh, and then I think I moved about six months later, kind of, I think I moved right before my 19th birthday because I feel like I turned 19 in Sydney. So I must okay. have... Yep. Worked, worked, you know, worked for like a year and then moved down, moved down to Sydney. And it was just, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly didn't want to stay around coughs because it's like, well, what are you, what are the, what are the, what are the options here? What am I, you know? Yeah. And I really wanted to, you know, I so I'd like, I'd played in, you know, high school bands, really God awful new metal bands and, you know, stuff like that. Like, like truly in, embarrassing like really horrendous shit yeah um but i was like you know i really want to actually like play in a proper band and like play proper gigs and you know do all this stuff like that was that was a, i think was probably a big a big driver yep um so yeah i moved down to sydney yeah so like it was i had friends who'd moved down here and i also had uh, uh an aunt an uncle who lived in sydney who i knew that i could go and live with for a couple of months whilst i found a job and Yep, a place to live and stuff like that. So that kind of just made it the default 
place to move to because it was the easiest option. Yeah, makes sense. I don't, yeah, I really didn't, I really did not give it any thought though. I, like, I don't remember being like, oh, Sydney for this reason or it was just like, I want to go somewhere. Oh, I guess I can go, I, I guess Sydney's the easiest, so let's go there. Yeah, especially if you've got somewhere, like somewhere to kind of find your footing that, mm. you know, I'm sure you're, your auntie and uncle probably didn't charge you the earth to kind of crash on their crash on their spare room or whatever. I don't think they charged me anything. I think they just let me come and stay, which was very yeah. very kind of them. Yeah, but I mean, I was only there for I don't know. I think I I, I was. Well, I think we were, we were raised to be uh, quite self sufficient. Um, yep. So yep. I was I was very much like, you know, no, like I don't want to. I don't want to just fuck around and be on the dole like that's annoying I don't want to do that like I, I wanted to get a job I wanted to I wanted to move out I wanted to I guess I wanted to move to Newtown I didn't know what Newtown was but I knew that's where my friends had moved to yep okay. <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to live near them so yeah like I moved down I got a job working at a pub um you're probably familiar with the uh the town hall hotel I do know that well yes you are you're, yes yeah uh, yeah I think most people uh, if you've spent any any amount of time in Sydney, you you, you may have yep. some familiar familiarity with the uh, the townie. So I got the a townie. job working there, which was um, really fucking cool. Actually, yeah, it gave me a good um, a good kind of I don't know. I met I met a lot of people working there. You know, when yeah. I, at the time when I started working there, it was it was still pretty grimy, and a lot of you know a lot of people from bands and stuff would come in, and it was. It was it was a party pub, uh, yeah. and it was it was a fun place to kind of start out. But um, yeah. So I guess I sh- actually I should jump back a bit because I did tell you earlier that I'd been googling some uh, some tour dates. Some tour dates, yes, you did. And say let's that. not let's not my let's let's not let my research be in vain. <laughs> so before I moved to Sydney, and I guess when I was, I must have been eighteen. Yeah, I was eighteen because I. I'd like just got a car, which meant that I was working, which meant that I was working in a bottle shop. So I, yep. I was there, I was 18, but I remember, yeah, this is kind of where I started to kind of discover hardcore properly, or I guess metalcore, but you know, that there was this other kind of world of, of stuff that I wasn't aware of. So yep. <clears throat> it was, so I'd probably, I'd gotten into Kill Switch Engage. I remember okay. being... I remember being on that. Maybe I'd heard like something like As I Lay Dying, which we don't speak of anymore, that band, <laughs> but um, you know, at the time it was it was a it was a relevant kind of thing. Yeah. But it Kill Switch Engage definitely. Uh, I remember I remember that being kind of something that I was aware of and quite into. But I I wasn't even quite aware of I mean, I must have started, had some awareness of, you know, from magazines or internet or whatever of like, oh, it's, you know, metalcore, you know, and that that concept of a genre and it's, oh, it's metal and it's hardcore. But I don't really remember kind of solidifying the idea <clears throat> of hardcore in my head until um, sort of became friends with this guy, uh, Ricky. Good dude. Shout out, Ricky. Um uh, and like, yeah, me and another friend, I think he'd become friends with, with another good friend of mine, Mac. And then I'd met him through that. And, you know, Mac's like, oh, you got to like, listen to this album that like, that like Ricky showed me. It's like, it's, it's the most like wild shit you've ever heard. Uh, 
and it was it was Parkway Drive's Killing with a Smile. Yeah, I thought that's right. where you were going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was, was, was... I thought you were going to say that will converge. Yeah, no, no. Converge is, a, converge is a band that I know I'm supposed to care about. Oh, I wow. Just don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I, I, I have all respect for them. I Objectively, it's very good. Yep. Does almost nothing for me. That's fair enough. I don't know yeah. why. There's there's a long list of bands like that for yep. me though. But I think it's kind of I, I think it sort of ties into my weird roundabout. I just like I missed I missed a lot of very kind of classic seminal stuff. Yeah. That at least for me I find harder to get into retroactively. Yeah, absolutely. Um and a lot of it a lot of it is a lot of it is kind of being swept up like by when everybody's into it, it's easy to it's easy to get swept up into something when everybody's into it and you can kind of yeah. catch the wave of it. Like when when Jane Doe came out or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it. So you're gonna to listen to it to check it out and not you know, if if you're sitting on the fence with it and everybody's talking about it, then obviously you'll fall on the the side yeah, of yeah, like yeah. being into it. Whereas if you listen to it when nobody's talking about it or when you're told how cool it was but it's 10 years after the fact, yeah. you're like, yeah, well, okay, I've lived 10 years without it. I can keep going kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it's just one of those things. And, yeah, there's, there's a few weird weird, uh, weird bands like that for me where I'm just like it's, it just doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate for whatever reason but so the parkway drive thing was yes that album came out this is what i was googling because i was trying to get my timelines in order yep (laughs) so that came out like what like mid 05 i think or like in the back half of 2005 yep sounds about right um and yeah i remember getting this record like as it came out and just being like like holy fuck like i've never heard anything you know, like I mean, I could I could hear the similarities to something like Killswitch Engage, but this was on like you know intensity wise was on an, a, another level. You know, yes, yes, there was there was you know pseudo blast beats and there was no there was no melodic vocals at all at all. Yeah, which was that was a new thing for me. I think you know new metal one of the hallmarks is you know is is melodic hooks and you know Killswitch yep. Engage do the the sung choruses and stuff. Yeah, Parkway Drive. I just remember hearing it being like, oh, this is just like heavy as fuck and it doesn't stop. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and and in the subsequent albums, they it, it took them a long time to get melody would be the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, and, and even like, then it's, not it's like they went, hey, melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, nowadays, completely different story, but it is what it is. But like back then it was like, kill it with a smile, no melody. Whatever no. the next one was, no melody. No. Deep blue, no melody. Like it yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. kept going. They just doubled down, doubled down. Yeah, yeah. So well, the I'm easy a- option would have been singing choruses, Put some hooky bits in. Yeah, and, yeah. But I mean, you know what? I get like the, whatever they were doing was working for them. So yeah. oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. you also would be like, maybe let's not uh, let's not change this up too much. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like getting that record and being like, holy fuck, this is crazy. And then, and then my friend being like, well, you know, like this band, they're just, they're from Byron Bay. Like, yeah. Which is only up the know, road from Coffs, you know, a couple hours up the road, you know, yeah. well, th- three or three and a half. Three-ish. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, not that big of a jump. I'm like, oh fuck, like, like they're like, yeah, that's 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 near to here, and they're like, they're young dudes, like they're kind of the same age. That like, holy fuck, like this is crazy. And so there was like, in that in like six months, when, from that album coming out to when I probably six months later I moved to Sydney, I we we did a couple of drives up to Byron Bay to go see Parkway Drive. Yeah, right. From Sydney. I'm not from Sydney, sorry, from Coffs. From Harbor. Coffs. Okay, yeah. From Coffs. So I was living in Coffs. So yeah, we drove we 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 did we did twice. And this is what I was looking up earlier to try and remember get my timeline right. So I think, yeah, I think that album comes out kind of, you know, early in the back half of two thousand and five. <clears throat> and then I remember going we're going, oh we're gonna go see Parkway Drive, you know they're they're touring with this band from the States called Every Time I Die. Yep. Yeah. And I'd never heard Every Time I Die. And it was so like Parkway were touring, Killing the Smile, Every Time I Die had just dropped, um, got a phenomenon. Yep. So, you know, I'm kinda I don't know, I guess I down I must have downloaded Got a Phenomenon. Um, because LimeWire was yeah. uh <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Yes. Um, uh what a treat. So I must I downloaded it and like you know, I probably didn't hear it at, until the day before we drove up to go to this show. Yeah. And I was listening, I was like, oh, this is kind of, like, I, I don't think, I didn't quite know what to make of it uh, at the time. Uh, but, like, we went and saw them and it was like, that's like, you know, really like, you know, like this dumb, like, oh, you know, the band that you saw in, like, a tiny show before they were big. But, like, that was a pretty cool one. That That's probably my favourite one because it was... It was at the Byron Bay Youth Center. Youth Center, yep. There was probably fifty people there. Yeah, right. Like it was, it was there. Were, yeah, certainly under a hundred. Okay. Um, very small show. You know, I'd never been to a hardcore show before. I'd never seen moshing. Yeah. You know, of you know, in the hardcore sense before. Uh, and I'm just there, just going like, what the. F- fuck is <laughs> yeah. you know just, just like blowing my mind like you know and yeah like the breakdowns and um you know just just you know seeing that pit like explode and like it's like yeah pretty pretty visceral and like yeah i think i think parkway headlined over every time i die actually yeah. even because they had a yeah they would have uh they still would today um but yeah i remember watching every time i die and being like fuck, this band is, like, so much fun. Like, it's, like, a party energy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then seeing Parkway, and that was really cool. And then we drove up again, like, a month later and went to the Boys of Summer tour. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which was, so that year was <clears throat> Parkway, Evergreen Terrace. Yep. Uh, another band that I, I really liked a lot uh, at that point. Um, Carpathian. Uh, hang on, where's this? I've got, I, I, I brought this up as a reference point. Well, Parkway, 50 lines Ever- on that? Parkway Drive, Evergreen Terrace, Carpathian, Getaway Plan. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure 50 Lions played. Yeah. Uh, I think Her Nightmare played as well. Okay. Uh, at least at the, the Byron shows. That that was at the high school, so it was like a much bigger show. Yeah, And it was much. like, also like, I th- kind of, I guess, was like testament to how quickly that band just like skyrocketed like mm. two months, you know, in the space of like, it was like, a, they were like a month or two apart. So that was the 27th of November. 
And then the Boys of Summer was in January. Okay. January 5th. So, yeah, literally in the space of like seven weeks or something. And, you know, obviously like there was more bands on on the Boys of Summer lineup and stuff. So it was maybe a bit more of a thing. But like it went from definitely like under 100 people to a high school auditorium two months later with like 400 people in it, you know, and it was like, and that was the kind of the trajectory of that band, which is, is still fucking wild to me. Like, yeah, I, I, I've not really cared on a musical level about anything Parkway Drive have done in a long time, but fuck the boys done good. Dude. You can't yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. Nothing, nothing but respect. And the um, latest, the latest, <clears throat> um, I guess doco thing they brought out, they're still just pushing it, like yeah. pushing it as hard as they. Can. I don't know if you've seen it. <coughs> no, I haven't. Underdogs, but no, actually, I yeah. should, I should, wa- I should watch. Just like I, I, yeah, I like, I like stuff like that. Yeah, like it's, you know, you, whatever your thoughts are on the music. Yeah. Again, from seeing them in my equivalent would be the Green Square Hotel again in front of twenty people. Yeah. To watching them. Eighteen years later, and or however the fuck long later it was, and just going, oh wow, like this is fucking wild. This yeah. is wild. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I mean, yeah, I would have moved to Sydney like a month after the month after that Boys of Summer tour. Like it would have been like February or March or something that I moved. Yeah. And then the next time I saw Parkway Drive was at the first Soundwave, which was the one at Sydney Park. Yep. Did you go to that? Yep. Yeah. Terra played, the Bronx played, Suicidal Tendencies played. Did the Bronx play? The Bronx, did they? Yep. And Deftones played, actually. To, to They played on the big stage, didn't they? Deftones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were on the main yeah. stage. They were, like, late in the day on the on the main stage. Yeah, Parkway, um, Parkway, Suicidals, the Bronx played yeah, on the that. the Bronx did play, yeah. That, that so, yeah, that smaller yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of offstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, mate. So, like, that was the next time that I saw them, and that was probably only... That was later that year, probably. Yeah. And it was, you know, you know, it's, I mean, I guess it was in Sydney, not Byron Bay, but, you know, there's, you know, suddenly, you know, 2,000 people moshing to this band and it's like, yeah. holy fuck, yep. you know. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I moved to Sydney, was working at a pub. Uh, somewhere along the way, I found out about Resist Records. Yep. Shout which out. at the time was still... Australia, Australia Street. Street. Yeah, opposite yep. the courthouse. Um, and so I started just doing a thing like I would get paid. We, we got paid in cash. For, like not we were yeah, on the yeah. books, but we were on the books, but. Yeah, it's still uh, an envelope full of cash. in cash. Yeah. Which yep. was weird. So I, you know, and I, I'd gotten like a, a little shitty cockroach infested one bedroom apartment just off Enmore Road. Uh, and so I would go up on, you know, payday was like whatever Wednesday. And I think someone that I worked with was, was into hardcore and she told me about, you know, resist and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And so I started doing this thing where I would just go on paid on Wednesday. I'd go, I'd walk up to the pub. I'd collect my pay. I would go via resist records. Yep. I would just pick up an album at random that I liked the look of. It's a cool way to do it. Buy it go put the rest of my money in the bank Yep, and then go home and listen to it. And, you know, some 
some some hits and some misses. Yep, understandably. Um, <laughs> in amongst that, um, but like, I think some of the stuff that I kind of what I grabbed, I definitely remember getting a Between the Buried and Me record, Alaska, which was I didn't mind that record at the time. That was very much on the line of what I could handle in terms of progginess yep. um, in music. And that band only went further down that path. So I don't, don't really have much love for that band. Um, I definitely remember getting, oh, I definitely remember picking up a Bury Your Dead record. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Cover Your Tracks. Oh, come on, man. That record was, that record was, was a big thing. That's a big thing. Are you joking? <laughs> no, nah, I'd never hit my radar. Do you remember really like- dead? Really? I mean, yeah, it, never. like that was never. that was supreme, like just mosh riff music. You know? Yeah, see, like, no, that's-, that's that's not me. So, like, you're, like you're, you know- you're, a, you're a fast. You've always been a fast hardcore guy, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I went from you know, obviously, we we all have our new metal days, yeah. which we <laughs> talked about, but like, I went from like. I quickly transitioned into punk mm. and then, so I came at hardcore at a different angle. That's the big thing, right? Yeah. You can't, you're coming in from punk. I'm coming in from metal and kind of, and, and ironically, like I've, I've moved further and further back the other way Yeah, yeah, yeah. over the years, but that's the trajectory that I kind of came in at. So I grabbed, yeah, stuff like that. Bury Your Dead, I definitely, yeah, definitely had that. Uh, like probably like the most like, horrendously embarrassing. I couldn't even tell you what it sounded like anymore, but it was a, like, I just picked, it was like a, there was a straight edge band called X Bishop X. Uh, like, like, like real goofy, tough guy, Mosh. Yeah. Uh, from what I can recall, but like, yeah, I remember, but again, just like, it had like a weird, like cartoonish looking monster on the cover. Yeah. As, as most edge bands did back in the day. (laughs) Really, really weird. Yeah. Interesting vibe. Um, yeah, but that was a cool thing, like just to kind of just go and grab, yeah, like just having a shop like that there to just go and, you know, I can just walk in and pick something up and just discover yeah. something that I would would never have heard otherwise. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I started getting more into hardcore, probably stuck close-ish to metalcore in, in some regards. But through that, like, the big band, the whole whole the way through there for me was every time I die. Yep. Um, like I'd seen them at that show and gone, oh, this is cool. And then like within a month after that, been like, holy fuck, this band's incredible. I didn't appreciate this properly when I saw them. Oh, yeah. I, I think that, that like I remember, I don't want to make this about me. I'll probably end up cutting this out. Mm. But like I- uh, Don't cut I, it down. I remember, no, like I remember Hot Damn coming out and going, yeah. this is great. Or like there's something, there is something about this that I really like. Yeah. And then I remember seeing him going, oh, okay, now the album completely makes it. sense. Like yeah, it yeah, all makes yeah. sense now once you've seen it. It's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. And so like, so yeah, my, I mean, my next track isn't Every Time I Die track. Because that was, was absolutely the soundtrack of that kind of era of my life. Yep. Uh, every, you know, and like, you know, and then discovering bands like the Bronx and stuff as well were very much uh, concurrent to that or, you know, a couple of years behind, but in the same sense where, yeah, yeah, I really got into Gutter Phenomenon. I then went back and got into Hot Damn, which is, it's still their best record. uh, Okay. I I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I, I, I think that's, you know, with the context of applied of what I like now, which is, you know, I appreciate the rawness of that record a bit more. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And the energy and it feels a bit more punk rock. Yeah. Um, you know, they definitely got a bit more polish, but like it's a, this is a, I mean, it's a band who is still putting out objectively really good records. Yeah. It's not like it's, you know, they're not losing fans. Nah. They're definitely not losing fans. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's been a few records since I've really cared. Yeah. Probably, mm, I want to say New Junk Aesthetic was like the last one that I really got psyched for. Yeah. And there's been a couple, there's been two or three since then. But every time they put one out, I jump in, I have a listen, I go, fuck. Yeah. Still Still, still good. Still got it. Yeah, still yeah. Still good. Still putting out like high quality stuff this far into their career as a, a heavy band. Yep. Is pretty wild. But I think I think the reason I guess I think what, what kind of really resonated with me about them at the time was this kind of light bulb moment of like Oh, music can be like super heavy, but also be party as fuck and super fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that sums them up. We, I know, but which would like, which sounds so fucking smooth brain, dumb shit realization saying it out loud now. But at the time it was like, you know, everything that I'd listened to up until that point was, you know, new metal, which was, you know, a lot of kind of, angst buried in, in, in a lot of those lyrics yeah. and then, you yep. know, Parkway Drive, which was all heavy all the time and stuff like that. And then kind of just like getting onto every time I die and going like, oh, like, yeah, heavy music can be fun. Yep. Yep. It can be fun riffs that make you smile. Yeah. And the, their film clips went hand in hand with that fun energy. Mm. Like I still remember the, is it a, a, a Labarama? What, there's the Bolorama, a, the, the, ro- the a, roller skating The ring? roller skating one, yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you just watch it and go, how can you not be smiling watching this film clip? Yeah, what a strange like, what a strange choice of film clip for a, a heavy yeah. band. Like, yeah, just um, another, yeah, I mean, great, great song. But um, yeah, so that kind of, yeah, that, and then, yeah, I got into the Bronx and stuff and, you know, did a band for a while that was um, very... Uh, Bronx heavily the Bronx <laughs> uh, influenced. Um, I, I think I think the band that band got. I think our EP got reviewed in Blunt Mag or something, and it was like I think the review was like I think it literally said we get it you like the Bronx. Wow. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Adrian uh, Kelly. <laughs> no, do you know? Do you know who I think wrote the review actually? Because I remember talking to. Uh, Lockton Marks, who played in like Gay Paris and stuff like that. Do you know? No. Who? Okay. Anyway, a friend of mine, but he wrote for Blunt and later became yep. the editor. I think he was the editor before Adrian Kelly was the okay. editor. But prior to him being the editor, it was uh, Matt Rickey. Yep. Who I believe booked the Bronx's first one or couple of tours in Australia. And I think he happened to be the person that reviewed the EP. So, oh, good. Okay. So fair enough. He, it was obviously uh, very, it was a little too close to home. And I was like, okay, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. I, yeah I, I didn't know that dude. That was just, I think I remember that being something that someone said to me anyway. Uh, 
so I was like, well, you know what? Fair enough. You're pretty close to that band. We're certainly walking the line, but yep. you know, that's okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the song that I chose for this segment, uh, or this, this, uh, what are we up to? Number four is, uh, is off hot damn. Um, uh, and yeah, still my, I think my favorite every time I die song, uh, floater. So my best is fucking good lyricist too oh incredible yeah really good lyricist i mean you know you can tell the dude is like very well read and stuff like you know i'm sure he's pulling a lot of stuff from uh from literature but uh yeah like yeah that song and just like the the kind of the bit at the end where it's just like you know that like drag the lake you'll find it's full of love you know yep yeah just mm, yeah Yeah. fucking fucking fantastic really great 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 song so uh yeah sick so um, hmm. let's this last bit you know it it can be quick it can be long it can be whatever like you know 
Um, how do you, how you, 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 let me rephrase all this. You've done a ton of bands. You've, you've been heavily active in music. I met you, you know, it wouldn't have been long. I, I, I met you probably right around the time. I'm sure I would have met you right around the time you kind of moved to Sydney. And I've always yeah, known maybe you. A, was, maybe a little bit after the fact, but yeah. yeah. But like ever since I've known you, you've always been one of those musicians who just is constantly going for it. And not in like a, I need to be, I need to be in a popular band or whatever, but like in a, I oh, just no need could, to keep. No one, no one <laughs> could ever accuse me of having been in a popular <laughs> well, band. Just, but like but. just in the, in the sense of like, <laughs> I just want to write music. I just, like your output has been, in my mind has been, like even when, like when I always feel like when a band ends for you, the next release isn't too far away. The next lineup isn't too far away. Like oh, and yeah. no, and, and no, no, I'm not saying that in any kind of way. I'm just saying that's no, that's, no, no. Yeah, you're, that's I what mean, I think. you're 100 yeah. percent. Like it's 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 compulsive sort of at this point. I mean, so like you obviously know AJ, yeah, uh, uh, vocalist in Histamine. Histamine's like our. Shit, what are we up to now? Probably five or six projects, not all of which have seen the light of day. Yep. Where, you know, like, he, that's just my, you know, AJ's just my musical life partner at this point. Which is you fucking know, so brilliant. Yes, yeah, so, and so, like, we just, you know, we, we our, our tastes kind of evolve very concurrently. We like the same shit. We, you know, we know what we want from a be- being in a band, which is just to write songs that we think are cool that's yep. kind of almost where it stops and starts it's it's really nice if anyone else likes them but you know at, at a certain point you you got to admit that you know, admit to yourself that well you know unless you've managed to make a career of it at a certain point you get to an age and you go I need to admit that I, I'm making music for my own gratification yeah absolutely that's 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 who I'm doing it for so I'm just going to make music that I want to make and that I want to listen to. And that's like, I think that's fucking incredible because like you could easily either a be burned out by it and be like, you know, never got signed to this label, never got on this big tour, like blah, 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 blah. Or alternatively still trying to chase that. And like both like, you know, if you, if you give up because if you give away, give up something the right word I want to use but like if you walk away from music because you never it, it never panned out for you in any kind of way shape or form that's fine like it's it yeah, happens but you were doing I, I look at that and I go you're doing it for the wrong reason yeah yeah that's place. and on the other you side know. of the pendulum like if you're still trying to play music because you want to get signed to resist and you want to have the cool shirts and da 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 like you're equally Oh, do it, you, like, like that's, yeah, well, that's great like, if you want to do that, but if you want to do that, but like it's it's almost like it's weird, like unless you're twenty something years old. Yeah, I just think like yeah, you sh- you now like when you, you know hardcore and punk rock in theory should be a youth. Oh, genre. It's, like it's music. It's music for children. Frankly, yeah. it's fucking embarrassing that I'm still making it. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, <laughs> no, like you know, if you if you continue to play it, then that's that's fucking incredible. But like, yeah. know what know what it is and know that like I don't know I don't know kind of know where I'm going with this. But yeah. like, well, no, but yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I guess like, you know, I mean, I'll I'll get to the 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 track. I can't even remember what I selected for this part of the thing to actually play, but. 
like I was, I was tossing around. I nearly was just going to go, I'm just going to throw a track on from a record that came out last month. That's a sick hardcore record. Yeah. Cause like one thing that I never, one thing that I'm always conscious of is I never want to be, I never want to be the really fucking bitter old head who's like, Oh, you know, hardcore these days. Like, fuck off cunt you're not trying hard enough like there yeah. is so much good music being made yep and it's never stopped there's so much good hardcore like hardcore at the moment is like arguably as good as it's fucking ever been yeah uh, in australia there's some fucking amazing bands just you know just just here but like you know, if, if you don't think there's good hardcore being made anymore, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, like the thing of like, you know, not getting burnt out on it or whatever, you know, generally, you know, so like AJ and I, you know, in terms of like bands that have actually done stuff and recorded stuff, you know, we did, uh, we did Vile Ways was the kind of the starting point of that, you know, and, you know, at that point, you know, that was on the, you know, the stuff that I was listening to was, all of that kind of really heavy HM2 core, like, uh, you know, slightly kind of death metal influenced yep. stuff that was kind of, you know, popping like, you know, All Pigs Must Die and Black Breath and, and those kind of bands. Before you know, we go on, and, H- yeah. HM, before we go on, HM2, I know what you're talking about, but for anyone oh. who's gotten this far. Oh, the, the HM2, the uh, the Boss Heavy Metal Distortion Pedal, yep. uh, seminal uh, death metal sound it is the entombed yeah. sound yes um, that, ev- that everyone then took and ran with and yeah and then and then sort of it, that was very much the uh the you know the style du jour of, of of hardcore for a little while was to pretend that you know you'd always loved death metal and, and entombed yep. even though you only heard them for the first time uh six months prior yeah which which I was probably in the same boat, yep. to be honest. So Everyone I, was there. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no shade on anyone, but yeah, that kind of that real, you know, the um, the 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 buzzsaw guitar tone, just yeah. Um, so yeah, like we, we you know we were doing Vile Ways, that ended, and and by that point I was like, you know, because we're both, you know, regularly kind of seeking out new music, and and you know evolving you know changing what we're listening to and kind of you know i don't want to say like trying to be like oh trying to keep a finger on the pulse but just like looking for new shit that is is cool and interesting you know by the time that band ends we're like hey let's do something a little bit more a little bit more fun a little bit less kind of super aggressive a little bit more rocky yep you know so we you know that and so we did crude heat which was um, me pulling really heavy, heavily from one of my fucking favorite bands, which is a very underrated band, I think. Um, Hour of the Wolf. Okay. Them? No. Band from Arizona. Uh, they did like, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. They, they played a lot with hardcore bands, even though they didn't. They weren't really a hardcore band. Like at a cursory listen, you'd go, "Oh, they sound like the Bronx." Okay, but they don't really. They sounded like a hardcore band playing surf rock. Interesting. Like okay. lots of really reverby tremolo guitar. You know, like yeah, lots, lots, lots of that sort of stuff. Like definite elements of like you know Dick Dale esque surf rock. Um, you know, 
lyrically kind of like leaning into like horror punk stuff, like in okay. terms of the lyrical content. Um, but just a really fucking sick band, really fun, uh, really cool guitar riffs, and just an all round good vibe. And that, like, like they did a they did a split with um they did a split with Lude Acts. Okay. At one point, uh, and then yeah, they've got a handful of EPs, but like we were like, let's do something that's kind of a little bit more in in this vein. Uh, and then we're pulling from stuff like, um, uh, like panic. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think you once said to me after a, after a credit show, you're like, it sounds like panic with clean guitars. And yeah. I love it. Like- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do remember saying that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which fuck that. There's a band that I fucking love as well. Uh, yep. I feel like panic are a little bit, a little bit lost to the lost to the history books. Yeah. In a sense, like, like I feel like that band was so fucking good and I don't know, I feel like people don't really, they don't really get the, uh, the talk that I feel like they probably deserve. It's probably uh, because they never released an album. That's what I put it down to. It was two seven inches and, and a... That's right, because it's... And strength, then a later... Strength, strength and Solitude was the... Was the two seven, was inches. The two seven inches together. And the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the demo as well. And then, yeah. and then they came back with Circles, did circles. way yep. later and... And it's com- and not completely people, changed, but yeah, there was yeah, and, different, and people yeah. didn't know what to make of Circles. Circles is fucking great. It's oh mate, great I've I've still got three variations of it at home. Yeah, we were quite recently talking about doing a Panic cover in Histamine, which I think would be really fucking fun. Yeah, uh, for the two people in the room who knew what it was. <laughs> got it. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, but again, uh, you know, music is. Music is self-indulgent at this point, so yeah. Uh, who gives? I don't give a shit. I, I'd no. like to play a Panic cover. I'm never going to yep. get to see them, so that that'll have to do me. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, so that was like that thing, and then you know that kind of fizzled out, and you know immediately as soon as that was done, we're like, oh well, what, you know, like literally like the next day, me and AJ are like, cool. What's the new band sound like? Like, what are we? What are we doing next? You know. Yeah. And and again, like you know, at this point where you know what's starting to kind of bubble up and pop off is, you know, a bit more kind of, you know, some D-beat influence stuff and like kind of stuff that's really leaning on like lo-fi punk and chorus pedals. And, you know, so at that point, you know, I think I was probably listening to, I think that Exit Order record had had just come out. Yep. And I was like listening to that heaps. And, you know, I guess we were like fucking with stuff like Blazing Eye and some, and like Warthog and, and things like that. Um, so like, we're like, well, fuck, let's, this, this is a fun vibe. Let's, um, let's do something in this vein. Yeah. Uh, it probably ended up sounding more like the rival mob, uh, which I'm entirely okay with. Yeah. Uh, true. Like, fuck a, a genuine God tier band. As far as I'm concerned, like yeah, one of the, one of the best to ever do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of testament to like it's just you don't want to get burnt out on. You want to still want to be doing new music. You got to be listening to mu- new music. You've got to be excited about new music. Yeah, sitting there and just going, well, I like what I like, and that's fine. Like no, no shade on anyone who's doing that, but I just yeah, I don't know. I don't ever want to be that dude that's just going, oh, I don't, I don't get what the kids are into these days. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't, like, even if I don't fuck with everything, 
I still want to listen to it. I still want to know what's what's up. Like, yeah, as you say, yeah. it's it's a it's a youth movement. It is it is music for children. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, I don't know. Now, now, now I'm now I'm starting to come off like old dude trying to stay relevant, but no, 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 no. Like you know, because like it's it is important to kind of like how important probably another word. It, it is. There's nothing wrong with being an old person listening to a youth-based music hmm. um, at all. Like, and, and especially if you're going to take it with, like, come, in, come at it with the attitude of it's as fruitful now as it was in 2010 and 2000s and 90s and, you know, early 80s yeah. or whatever. Like, that's fucking fantastic. And it is. Like, and, and one thing I like looking at hardcore, going back and looking at hardcore, like... You can people can easily say, "Oh, there's nothing going on at the moment." Da 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 da, and then like, then fast forward five years from when they say that and go, like, you know, a, a prime yeah. example they think of at the moment is a band like, I never got into them, but like I remember when Power Trip was kind of becoming a thing, and mm. you know, to use them as an example, yeah, is fucking Riley Gale, rest in power, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. But like, they were a band that. You know, they were, they were like this up-and-coming band, but you could have easily at the time gone, ah, there's nothing going on. Yeah. And then, like, look around five years later and go, oh, they're holy like, fuck, they're, they're the biggest. huge. Yeah, they're fucking huge, yeah. and they're crossing over, and they're doing this, and they're doing that, and they're fucking great at yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And you were too stubborn because music was better 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you it can use it that. Sa- it didn't sound like what, what you were comfortable with. And- yeah. You and know. you can just use that every single year. Every single year there's some new shit yeah. coming out. And, like, I do it too. Like, you know, Gulch, a band that I first heard oh, and went. Oh, man, that, that Gulch record is, oh, is, the, is one of the best things that's come out this year. Absolutely. Fucking amazing. But, like, you, like, like I remember listening to it going, oh, this isn't really for me. I'm not sure. And then going, no, 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 give it a go because a lot of people talking about it. A yeah. lot of people talking about it. And then going, oh, now I get it. I get it yeah. now. Like it, you know. I've gone into it thinking one thing, and I should have, yeah, 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 come be more open minded, and I'm now a, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I'm a sucker for anything with vocals that just sound completely unhinged. Yeah, and <laughs> that dude sounds fucking unhinged. Like he's just got, <laughs> you know, like ten out of ten yuckiest vocal performance of 2020. Like just. Yep. Just that big, you know, the the vomit thing. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I, I, I'm a fucking sucker. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the rival mobs, like a, a perfect example of that. Like, find me a more vicious sounding vocalist than Brendan Radigan. Like, just, like, you know, but that band's like the rival mob's funny because like it's, there's a little bit of a, I feel, I've always like, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a wink and a nod there. Like it's not, yeah. it's not totally serious, but. He just sounds so fucking savagely venomous yeah. on every line. Um and yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like I just think one of yeah, one of one of the best to ever do it. Absolutely yep. fucking love those guys. But um Brilliant. Yeah, so I don't know, like I was um I was I was bouncing around what to uh, what to go with for the the last song and, and I, I did have the rival mob written down because it's like that's just something that's I, you know, I still listen to, I still listen to them, you know, at, l- at least once a month. Still. Yeah. Um, just has aged 
perfectly. It's so great. But, you know, I, what I actually want, you know, I've also, I guess, as much as I, you know, still love hardcore stuff, I've kind of been kind of, you know, I, you know, as one does when they get older, broadening their scope a little bit. And, yep. um, you know, you know, I guess I like, I feel, you know, come to appreciate good song craft a little bit more. Yeah. Like I, like I, you know, a lot of appreciation for just like, oh, this is just a really nice, clever, well-written song. And, you know, sometimes I just want fun, vibey, summertime music. Yep. Um, and so that, yeah, like I, I, I actually, I went back and I looked and I was like, I was thinking about, you know, Spotify gives you that your most listened artist thing at the end of the oh, yep. year. And yeah, I'm yep. pretty sure like top of my list for the last like two fucking years. Well, at least I know it was last year was drug church. And so oh. it's another band. I know this is, this is the greatest. <laughs> it's, still it's almost like I um, created this list just for you, but Thank um, you. I appreciate I, it. <laughs> but I thought I'd go with the drug church song. Cause they, they were a band that again, like kind of a, a little singular. I mean, Pat Kindlin is a is a, a unique vocalist, like yeah, you know, uh, unique as in not good, like yeah, like, sten- like ostensibly like, terrible. To to bring it back around in a yeah. Dylan esque way, not good. No, but I mean, at least Dylan could carry a melody. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but there's something about him, and he's a really cool lyricist and and an engaging dude, and yeah, and and you know. I like the recurring theme, I guess, through this whole conversation has been the thing that gets me no matter what is a fucking good riff. Yes. And drug church is nothing if not a band full of really fucking well executed riffs. Yep. Um, so yeah, I thought that's where we would, um, where we would wrap up, uh, drug church. Uh, I think I'll go with the song. Hang on, let me. That's all right. I had I had something written down, and then I realized I changed it at the last minute. Let's go with the, let's go with strong references of cheer, dude. I think it's a yep. it's a cracking track. So, to date this, have you listened to the newest Axe to Grind? The, Do you listen to Axe to Grind? The one that came the comeback kid deep dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you listened to that yet? I'm. I, I started listening to it today, actually. <laughs> Do you know what happens at the end? No, I don't. The drug shirts live set. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that they recorded okay, like in January. <laughs> okay, cool. Holding out for for like, and it is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm keen. I'm keen. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah, I just really like Drug Church. Really interesting band. Um, you know, I probably like kind of. I mean, to bring it back around to me and my music. Um, so like, obviously, I don't know if you're, are you. I guess you are aware. I put out the like a solo EP uh, in uh, when was that May maybe like under under the name Class Tourist. Yes, I did know that. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Which was sort of like it's like post punk uh, filtered through you know all of the other shit that I like, uh, and you know like you know just joking about like you know yeah, uh, <laughs> Pat just being a, an objectively shit vocalist. I was like. Well, I'm an objectively shit vocalist. I guess I can do this as well. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and 
yeah, probably. I, I, I definitely am probably channeling a little bit of his vibe on that on that class tourist stuff as well. So, um, yeah. So let's do it. Drug church, strong references, mate. Before we play, before we press play, thank you very much. I've had a fucking fantastic time. It's been a very nice time. I've been sitting here, <laughs> sipping on my wine. Sipping your wine. Very wholesome. Um, before we, before, again, before we kind of kick out of it, new EP, new yeah. Savage. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think by the time uh, this goes up, the it, uh, it will be up for pre-orders and for, and or just ordering, I think. Um, so yeah, new histamine seven inch. It's coming out on Last Ride Records. Oh, cool. Um, so shout out Matto um, for being an absolute king. He's doing, I mean, there's a dude who's doing a lot of good stuff for hardcore bands yeah. uh, in Australia at the moment, you know, putting out shit for speed and primitive blast and like a bunch of great records on that label. So really um, stoked to work with, to work with him. Yep. Um, so yeah, that'll be, that's off a pre-order now. So lastridrecords.bandcamp.com. Untitled seven inch, four tracks. Um, yeah, if you like anything ranging from, I mean, there's definitely some rival mob in there. There's definitely, you know, if you like stuff like Warthog or like D-Beat influence stuff, there's a bit of that in there. You know, again, I'm just trying to make, you know, write songs that, that I want to listen to. Big riffs, um, you know, angry sounding vocals. We're just trying to have a good time. So, yeah.
Alrighty, thank you very much for making it this far. Um, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll do it all again very soon. Kill. Fingers crossed, everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem road Everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows that you've been faithful Give or take a night or two Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people just had to meet without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it Calvary uh, to 
the beach at Malibu Everybody knows it's coming upon Take one last look at this sacred heart Before it blows And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows. Everybody knows.